0: the end of this epic journey. We started with the Sean Connery Bond films and we went into Roger Moore, Pierce Brosnan, and here we are with uh, Danny Boy, Daniel Craig, who is the current James Bond and his last installment of this franchise has been pushed back a thousand times because of COVID and everything else. Uh, that's going to release in October. I'm assuming that they're going to stick to that.
1: Yeah, presumably. I, I think October seems reasonable at this point. Yeah. Oh yeah. I can say October seems safe. It's it's interesting. We can probably get into this later, but COVID is not the only thing that has pushed back. No time to die. There's been a lot of delays. It's been. It was. I think. I think that's one of the reasons Bond fans were so frustrated by it. It wasn't just COVID. It was supposed to be out in 2019, then a different date in 2020, then it got pushed up again, and then COVID hit. So it's been a pretty pretty frustrating run, but we'll see it eventually. Absolutely. Assuming we survive COVID. Cheers. Cheers. So
0: um, the first movie in, in this in in uh, Daniel Craig's run is Casino Royale. For those of you not familiar this is the first novel that Ian Fleming had ever written for James Bond, the character, which I'm in the process of reading right now. Um I like how this movie starts because it's showing James uh, before he was a double O, and he, he this is kind of the mission that he's on to to get him that status.
1: Yeah, and this is this is straight out of the book. to To become a double O, you need two kills. So uh, one thing I think, I think we might have touched on this is that like the Daniel Craig era really leans into Daniel being. I'm just gonna call Daniel. I'm just gonna call James Bond Daniel through this whole thing. Probably we're on first name basis. Um, This is my Bond. I get very excited about Daniel Craig. Um, Okay. And uh, uh, one thing that his era really leans heavily into is he is an assassin. He's not really a spy. He does some spying. But yeah, but he mostly he does killing when he gets sent places. He it's he's going to kill, and that is more in line with the books. Probably he does a lot of killing. He's very much an assassin in the books. So right. introduction to Casino Royale. We should point out to like Casino Royale <laughs> is a prequel, or it's not really a prequel. It's a reset of the whole series. It's, I don't even want to call it a reboot. It's just a reset. Die Another Day comes out in two thousand two. It's a disaster. Yeah. Um, it made a lot of money, but everybody was like, well, that sucked. That's not that's not what we want. They take a four-year break and they come back and they've completely rebooted the whole series. Um, and the only overlap we get is is M. Judy Dench comes back, which we'll talk about, which is probably a good decision. But yeah, when this movie opens in a fantastic opening, uh, James Bond is not a double O yet. He is there to do his two kills. And um, one thing I love in this scene is is it opens on like him in a in like a banker's office or something like that? Right. He was, he was working for the British, but he's he's gone turned <laughs> out, and uh, and Bond's there to kill him, and we sort of get this juxtaposition of like a classy a classy killing if there's such a thing, yes. it, like a calm. He's just there to it's just doing his job, and then we keep getting quick cuts between him just beating the crap out of one of his associates. And It's a right. really nice end of play. It's a great scene. It's one of my favorite openings, and it's all in black and white, which is really cool
0: and then it kind of um the gun barrel scene is usually always in the beginning of the films and uh the events of this lead into him doing the gun barrel scene yes it's very cleverly done and we get this uh this open where i would say much like the pierce films but in a different way most of these themes and opening title sequences are very unique to the franchise. Um, Most of them are very non-traditional. There's a little more of like a
1: rock overtones. um. Yeah. I think you could say every, you can say a lot about the Craig era, but every single movie is really different. There's no, there's no, this this we'll talk about a lot of it, but this era has a lot of like ups and downs. There's like high highs and some pretty low lows. Um, but in every single movie, they're really going for it. They're they they are not interested in doing a traditional paint by numbers James Bond film, which I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but yeah, every really every movie is different. And and yeah, this this title sequence, um, this is my all-time favorite title sequence. Um, not the song, but the just the sequence itself. Yeah, the graphics, right? The graphics are so cool. It's 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 kind of sixties-ish, like it's animation and it's CGI, but it's kind of sixties-ish and it's set to, um, kind of like a card background, a card themed, which will yeah. come up later because there's a poker game and right. it's just real. The graphics are really cool. Hard to describe, but it's just great. And I love the song. I think Chris Cornell nails it.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, we've got um. Shit, his name escapes me. It's someone that always res- rescues the franchise from the
1: pits oh, of despair. Uh, Martin Campbell. Martin Campbell. <laughs> yeah. Every time the franchise needs rescuing, dude, Martin Campbell is there. Dude, it's so funny. He's only directed two Bond films, and both times were when the yeah, when the franchise needed rescuing. He did he did this and he did Goldeneye. And I think it's safe to say he is pound for pound the best Bond director ever, because he only did two. And I don't know how you feel about Casino Royale. We haven't talked about this, but I love Casino Royale. And uh, both are pretty great.
0: No, I mean, we'll we'll, we'll kind of get a little bit of a spoiler territory here. But the two Bond films that he's directed, I don't think anybody can place them anywhere, um, at least not in top 10 of all time Bonds. And I would argue, how can you not have both those films in the top five?
1: Um, They're that good. They're both in my top five, so yeah.
0: I mean, I would really have to think about that because of a lot of the Connery films, but um, you know, like Goldeneye is, is God tier to me, um, and I, I think this is it's 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 up there. It's very good film, but I just don't know if it dethrones Goldeneye. Like, I would have to go through all those again to to really make that decision. But I think that's fair. Totally fair. It's great uh, though. It's a good. It's a good movie. Yeah, I think the, the thing with this film is, like we said, there's such a different dynamic because this is not a continuation. Like you said, this is a reboot. This is a restart. And this is kind of showing Bond kind of before he's the legendary 007, you know?
1: He's kind of getting his feet wet. Very much so, yeah. I mean, the whole movie is him. It's a great character development story as well. Like, it's it's just a well-written film. It's it's him be, going from a, a, a I mean, they say it in the movie, they call him like a random killing machine and a blunt instrument and all this stuff. And basically he's just a guy who works for the government who kills people. Mm -hmm. And then he gets promoted to double O. And the whole point is like, you have to be more than that. Now you have to be smarter. You've got to think on your feet. You can't just go kill people and blow things up, which does he learn that lesson? I don't really know. He does a whole lot of blowing up for the rest of the series. This is one of my complaints (laughs) about the Daniel Craig era. I'm going to have, I should probably get this out up front. Like I love the Daniel Craig era. And I, I've, I, I really like all of these movies in their own way, too. Um, but I also have a lot of complaints and I tend to judge this era harshly. And I think it's because they are going for something more. Like if they were going for just boring movies and they were just okay, fine. But because in every movie they're going for this high degree of difficulty, sometimes they stick the landing and sometimes they land on their face and it, it kind of shows. So there's problems, but it's, it's fine. Um, I don't know if you have thoughts on that.
0: I agree with you with all films, but one, which we'll get to. Um, mm. But I agree. They do try to go, especially one film, which we'll get to uh, where they really try to be more than they are.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: It's just kind of pretentious a little bit. Um,
1: it's overcomplicated too. Bond doesn't it, it, need to be super complicated. And sometimes the Craig films get a little too... Little too extra, but yeah. But in this taken in taken in a vacuum, Casino Royale perfect setup for James Bond is just a, a yeah. machine. He has to learn to be better, and he does throughout the film. The one thing
0: that's kind of that is a continuation from uh, the Pierce era is Judy Dench returning as M, but um, all of that history has been kind of wiped clean. This is, you know, she's talking about how she's promoted James to double um, O status, but. I think these first three movies, she really shines through. She's given a lot more to do than, um, the Pierce era. Maybe, maybe she had a little more to do in, um, uh,
1: the world world is not is not enough. Yeah. Yeah. Her character really, really shines here though. Um, and I don't know, I don't know why that is exactly. Maybe they just wrote her better stuff or like all the directors of these are like good directors that, that does help. Um, I do think they made a good decision bringing back Judy Dench in this movie because there's no there's no cue, there's no money penny, there's really no gadgets. there's no like there's no like of the, this is a very interesting movie. There's no traditional Bond stuff in it and yet it feels like a bond movie. The character works. Um, but I do think bringing back Judy Dench was a good idea because if there was no if there was no continuity between Pierce and this, it would feel really weird. So at least there's one character that we can go, okay, this, we know this character. We like this character. This is at least something from the past.
0: I think that's the biggest letdown for me with these movies is the gadgets are not there. Um, they really try to go. And this is kind of when Christopher Nolan became popular with Batman and trying to make him a more realistic character. So I feel like they went that direction with this. They tried to make bond kind of Nolan esque.
1: totally I I'm fine with it in casino. I think it works but and we'll get to we'll get to one of my biggest gripes of the whole series when we get to the end of this movie but i would have been fine with it once do your serious um bond movie your your gritty realistic bond movie and then slowly over time add back in maybe some of the fun silly elements but they yeah. didn't do that you're right like the christopher nolan thing looms large over this era um and i don't think it's it's a little frustrating. I wish it's it was more specifically so. when we get to Skyfall, though. When you get to Skyfall, at the time we, Sam Mendes, who directed both Skyfall and Spectre, was like very clearly, very clearly one of the, like upstage the the Nolan Batman films because there's so much Nolan going on in yeah. them, and I, I guess that makes sense. This was made in two thousand six. Batman Begins came out in two thousand five, so there really wasn't time for that to leach into it yet. Um, right. This this definitely has some like Jason Bourne elements. This and Quantum the next one for sure right. have some jason Bourne stuff going on but the nolan thing definitely has definitely infected bond and i don't like it i want to get that nolan out of bond
0: okay so um we that was a big we, tangent we cut to a um a scene of uh i think this is where we meet um uh, the sheep right that's how you say it
1: uh yeah the chief
0: the villain in this film played by mads Mikkelsen, um, He's making a deal with like a, uh, it's like a, what are they in Africa?
1: Yeah. They're, they're, they're terrorists. They call themselves freedom fighters, but they're a terrorist group. And he's some kind of like guerrilla militant. Yeah. He's a banker. He's a, he, he specializes in taking out militant cash. He's a banker for terrorists basically.
0: Right. And there's no mention of this guy being connected to any nefarious agency. Um, I want to make that clear. And I will nope. say that through the first three of these films,
1: <laughs> there is no mention of him being part no. of the organization. No, well, there, there, there's, there sort of is they, they do set up in this the next movie is quantum of solace. And we do find out there's quantum, which is a specter like organization. And they do sort of reference that with, with Mr. White, who is the boss of of in this movie so fair, they kind fair. of reference it do they reference them as being part of some specter-like organization uh no no they do not right yeah
0: so uh you know he makes this deal um bond is in we get this scene where bond is in um shit what's the location that they're in
1: i think it was morocco you're right yeah i um, think it was morocco and and uh he is um looking very unbondy he's dressed in like khakis and a and some sort of like tropical shirt yeah and uh they're they're one of him and another agent are keeping an eye on somebody and uh this is the famous parkour scene where bond does a does a parkour chase and this this was actually the thing that made parkour kind of uh kind of well known
0: i love it too because it kind of harkens back to um timmy boy and um Uh, not License to Kill
1: but um, Uh, Living Daylights daylights.
0: in the beginning where he's got that dude with him who kind of doesn't know what the fuck's going on and Mm -hmm. he kind of has to take over same thing here, there's a guy in the crowd and Bond's like, take your hand off your ear and it tips the dude off Yeah, and then we get this parkour scene which is fantastic it's really one of the more memorable scenes in the entire run for Daniel Craig a lot of people reference back to this, yeah
1: so good and the guy who was running the guy he's chasing is actually like the guy that popularized parkour oh was that right that's yeah yeah like they did the thing that bond always does like bond bond has a long history of seeing the producers have a long history of seeing stunts or whatever and they're just like we'll get the guy who did the stunt and we'll put that in the movie and they did that here this guy is like the park the guy who made parkour popular so that's pretty cool
0: so he goes in there This guy is trying to escape to like the Moroccan embassy, and Bond kind of follows him in there, and uh, he's got him at gunpoint, and all these guys are like, you know, kind of watching him and shit. And then he he shoots uh, a propane tank after he shoots that guy in the head and kills him. Right?
1: Yeah. Which again, uh, the 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 like we said, the arc of this movie is Bond learning what you're supposed to do and not supposed to do, and. Um, running into an embassy and shooting it up is something you are absolutely not supposed to do yeah an embassy an embassy is is uh is like sacred ground for a country you're basically on another you're committing an act of war essentially and he just blows it up which is great it's really fun because the whole there's like two parts of this movie there's the first half is mostly an action movie it's kind of the inverse of what would normally happen in a movie. The first half is like a Jason Bourne-ish action movie where Bond's just like running around blowing stuff up. And then the second half is very like quiet and classy. And again, right. it's the it's that juxtaposition of like Bond has this extremely rough side and then he has this really kind of elegant side. It's great.
0: So then um he you know he he ends up in the house of M, Judi Dench, and she gives him a tongue lashing and you know basically tells him to lay low they're gonna see a theme in all these craig movies too where at some point he's gone rogue or he's not supposed Everyone. to be yeah he's not supposed to be active and he is right and so um
1: every this, single movie he just he just he's barely i don't even know if he collects a paycheck in any one of these movies he just does his own thing the whole time
0: yeah this leads him to an island. uh what great scene where he's standing outside tying his shoes and someone's like hey you gonna park this thing or what he's like right away sir (laughs) parks the (laughs) suv and slams it into the wall and you know everybody's running out there and shit and then um he's kind of working his way into um one of the other dudes who's supposed to lead that um that guy to uh chief i can't Think of the guy's name at the, at the I, moment.
1: I can't, I can't remember his name, but he basically he tracks a guy to the Bahamas because, of course, the Bahamas mm. um, from he was he was connected to the bomber that he just killed at the embassy. And he sort of figured that he was connected to the And so he doesn't really know what's going on, but he knows these guys are connected in some sort of way. And um, in the M scene, M mentions that they're they're trying to take on like an international organization. Of terrorists, yeah. not just water, yeah. or, or the, it's just I'm like they're trying to figure out how they're all financed. So is right. the She kind of realizes they're all they're all connected. And um also i feel like we should just point out that um you know and I don't want this to sound weird, but uh Daniel Craig looks amazing in this. Like just yeah. he is the first Bond that is really in good shape. And he wears like a bunch of different outfits. And I'm not like a I'm not a big clothes guy. I'm a jeans and t-shirt guy, but I respect like good outfits and stuff. Daniel Craig is the first Bond that wears a bunch of different things that aren't just suits all the time uh, and he pretty much looks amazing in everything. He had put on 20
0: pounds of muscle for this role you yeah. cannot convince me he wasn't on steroids but according to him uh, all he did was eat protein and like no carbs and lift weights and the only time he did cardio was on the weekends
1: I'm going to say he had a little bit of help in there somewhere oh, and I'm not, yeah, I'm not I knocking him Not knocking it. If I had a million dollar paycheck on the line, I'd, you know, do whatever it takes. for a movie.
0: It's not performance. I mean, you know, he's
1: not fighting or anything. So he's not going to hurt anybody. I mean, you know, probably. And the scene, Uh,
0: you know, we're kind of skipping a little bit ahead, but the scene that really broke the internet, so to speak, was him coming out of the the water. (laughs) Like it's usually the Bond girl with the money shot, but he's just looking chiseled as fuck, like a Greek God with a little
1: speedo. It's basically the scene that the, it's basically the Honey Rider scene from Dr. No, where she comes out of the, she right. comes out of the water in a bikini, except it's Bond. And in fairness, most Bonds didn't look great. Like they were, you know, they were thin and had some muscle or whatever, but Daniel Craig is legitimately like jacked for this movie. And apparently when they shot that, they weren't even going to include it in the, um they weren't even going to include it in the movie. But when he came out of the water, like, like they had it all shot. And I think it was Barbara Broccoli, who's the producer. She was like, all the women on the set just gasped. And we were like, we should put that in the movie. So they did. And it's it's yeah, yeah it's he, kind of become its own iconic scene.
0: He's probably the juiciest Bond since uh Sean Connery. And and Connery oh, for sure. he wasn't chiseled like that, you know. But but back in those days, Connery was a um yeah. a power lifter and a um he
1: was a bodybuilder.
0: A, a bodybuilder, yeah. So
1: yeah, Connery was like 1962 jacked. You know, sure. It's yeah. it's a, it was a different thing, mostly because of the lack of steroids. But like, it was it was it was he was he was in really good shape. And then Roger Moore looked like a guy at a country club or whatever for the most part. And right. Pierce and Tim kind of had the same body structure. But Daniel Craig was the first person to become like like in really good shape. And it is it is very noticeable. So yeah, I just found it looks great and everything. Oh yeah, everything for looks sure. really good. Yeah, this is where
0: he meets the uh, the douchebag's wife. And he seduces her at the card game after he takes that dude's... The guy gets so pissed that Bond keeps winning. He goes, this is my car. Throw it on the table. And then Bond beats him again and takes his car.
1: Which you just know. so happens to be a 1964 Aston Martin DB5, the Goldfinger car. What an amazing coincidence. There you go. I'm fine with it because we get to see that awesome car and Daniel wins it off this douchebag. And uh, it's it's great. It's a great scene. And then yeah, he uh, he seduces the guy's wife because now he's stolen his car and he's, yeah, so right. he's gonna take his wife now. She's stupid hot, worth pointing out. Yes, and, and does a very unbondy thing. He pumps her for information, but not in that way. He <laughs> literally just gets information out of her and then leaves her and goes and chases her husband down. That's book bond, though, too, right? That's book bond, exactly. He's not he's not lover boy bond. You know, Roger Moore would have been like, Well, I suppose we have. 20 minutes and then yeah, yeah. Daniel's yeah. he's all business he's all business in this one
0: yeah um so he does uh goes to Miami and that dude is there and there's this kind of intense scene where it's in the middle of a crowd and he tries to stab James and James catches a knife and bends it back and stabs him and just throws him down and then there's an airport chase scene with a bomb which I thought was very well done um it's kind of take us take us through that
1: Okay, so the the plot here is there what uh this is all tied into Lashif. So Lashif is shorting stocks. Um right. he is shorting the stocks to the tune of like 100 million dollars or something for this new plane called Skyfleet. And what he's going to do is he's going to hire a bomber to blow up the plane. If the plane it's a prototype plane, if the plane's gone, stocks going to take a dive and Lashif's going to win, you know, he's going to make all this money in the stock market because he shorted it he's using his clients these terrorists money to do it he does not have this kind of money right and uh so bond basically tracks down the bomber
0: go ahead keep going
1: uh, yeah yeah bond basically tracks down the bomber um to this airport in miami follows him through and we get this really extended uh chase scene, which is pretty awesome we get a uh they get one shot of a um of a uh a plane blowing back police cars, which actually, they actually did do, I think they did it on the top gear test track where they shot a number of these chases. Um, and, uh, bond, of course, eventually, you know, gets the guy big, long action chase, lots of fists. Yeah. bond is properly bloody in this, which is cool to see. Cause bond doesn't always get cut. Daniel Craig is beat up. He gets beat um, up a lot in this. He is beat up a lot in this. Yeah. And his wounds do heal surprisingly quickly. Um, <laughs> Bond, of course, this movie takes place over like six days and he breaks like all of his ribs multiple times. Bond, of course, eventually gets the better of the guy in a in a fantastic scene. He he uh, he beats this guy up in the truck, kicks him out. Unbeknownst to us, he has attached the bomb to the back of his belt. Um, And when Bond stops the truck from hitting a plane, he, of course, is knocked down by police and arrested. And then as this guy looks up to explode the bomb, he blows himself up and we just get a wry smile from Bond. He's saved the day again. It's a great scene. It's uh, it goes on for a while. It's a pretty long chase. Yeah. Um, but it's but it's it's really well done. It's really exciting. And also, now Daniel we, runs funny. We had a couple yes. shots running, and he runs this really weird, arms super tucked in way.
0: When he gets back to the Bahamas, uh, M is there
1: now with MI6, and the wife is dead. In a pretty gruesome, pretty gruesome manner, like. You can tell she had been tortured. She's wrapped up in like a hammock on the beach, dripping blood, uh, looking really nasty. So I agree. This, yeah, this clearly, uh, clearly sticks with Bond. Like again, the whole point of this narrative is he has to learn that his his actions have consequences. And so he 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 thought he was just getting some information out of this woman. She ends up tortured and dead. It's pretty dark.
0: Yeah. So now their 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 plan is to get him in this card game with the um they're going to stake him 10 million dollars as the buy-in five million is a rebuy-in if he loses and then uh this is where we get our introduction of Vesper Lynn, who is oh, like
1: in one of the best scenes in the whole series this train scene is so good by the way we should also point out this was 2006 so texas hold'em was literally everywhere which is why they changed this to texas hold'em because in the book it's up, and uh if but here they had to be like well everyone knows texas hold'em so we'll uh We'll make it hold him. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, we get uh we so we finally meet Vesper Lind, who is representing the Treasury, the right. uh who is staking bond in this. And the the, the plan is beat Lashif at cards, leave him nowhere because he has to make all this money back that he just lost, leave him nowhere yeah. else to go. They'll offer him immunity um, in exchange for all the information he can give on this terrorist network that he represents.
0: Right, um, and there is isn't there is a um, a dialogue between them on the train, which you're probably alluding to, and... Uh, it's so good. They're kind of breaking each other down, like, okay, you were an orphan, and blah, blah, blah. You know, um, I agree with you. This exchange is fantastic. I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, the, they have such chemistry, the two of these um, actors, yeah. and uh, it just works really, really
1: well. Yeah, you you immediately. I mean, that's a big thing, right? Because like, outside of Vesper, I don't think the Bond girls for Daniel are particularly strong. Uh, there's a there's one or two that have moments, but like these two have such immediate chemistry, you believe that they're going to fall in love, which they do. I mean, like this is the Bond love story.
0: Yeah, 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 totally.
1: Yeah, and you you totally buy it. Like right in this first scene, she stands up to him. He pushes back. She pushes back. They size each other up. Great dialogue she is completely disinterested in him and he feels, he feels like, Oh, I finally kind of met my match. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's great. So also, I'm a sucker for a train, any bond train scene. And I'm, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> so
0: we get to the card game and uh, you know, bond meets up with the There's some dialogue there. And then there is, the African general shows up to get his money from Lashif. And yeah. uh Go ahead.
1: This is a, yeah, another another great scene. Um the 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 African general that we meet in the beginning of the movie shows up and threatens to cut Lashif's girlfriend's arm off if Lashif right. because he's he's figured out that he's been gambling on the stock market with his money and he's pretty pissed off about it. But he basically says, like, I'm going to leave your girlfriend alive. I'm going to leave, you know, I'm going to leave you alive. You need your, I would cut your arm off, but you need it to play cards. Win my money back. Bond has been tracking them back to, um, Bond has been tracking them back to, uh, um, to their hotel room. There's a lot of funny stuff in this scene that I, we won't go into because I could talk about this for an hour, but um, there's a lot of really, really weird little things. Um, So they're, they're Bond and Vesper have to hide quickly because these generals walk out. They walk out, they realize Bond's an agent, they can hear he has like an earpiece, immediately shoot him or shoot at him. And then we get a stairwell fight scene, which is, I think that might be a first. And it again is pretty brutal. This is not a particularly dark movie overall, but some of the fight scenes are really, really brutal. One guy gets immediately shot and then the other guy lives, he has a sword and starts Fighting Daniel again, he's just Daniel. Starts fighting Daniel with the sword. They fight up and down the the stairs. It's Bond great. is completely blood. Yeah, it's great. He has completely bloodied up. He got cut right right in the stomach. Eventually, gets gets him down to the bottom floor and strangles him to death in a pretty realistic strangulation sequence where you can literally see this guy's lights go out. Yeah, um, and then yeah, we see like he has to. It's kind of a kind of a dark scene where they have to get rid of a body. Vesper is there watching the whole thing, completely horrified. Um, Bond, again, covered in blood. And it's just a really good look into the dark side of this guy's job. Because five minutes before, he was at a very fancy casino table. And now he just murdered two people and basically in cold blood. Um, and he doesn't even know who they are or why he had to do that. And then he just knows he has to get rid of two bodies covered in blood. And then we cut to another one of my absolute favorite scenes in the series, completely silent Bond in his hotel room, shaking head to toe. And he like takes his shirt off. He's covered in blood. He's got to clean himself up and he takes a, he takes like a tanter of whiskey and pours himself a huge glass and just guzzles it shaking to try to calm his nerves down. It's really powerful. It's great.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, You know, Vesper has never probably seen anyone die. And it really affects her. No, she's anytime. an accountant.
1: I mean, she she just, she's she works at the treasury. She was probably worked behind a desk and she gets sent on this mission that she has no idea what she's doing. And then just watches two people get murdered in front of her coldly. Yeah. It's so good. And it's not like this sort of thing happens later in the Craig run where he has a girl in his life who's like, why are you, you know, why do you do this? She's not really judging him. She's just sort of, shocked by what she's seeing and it works better that way
0: yeah
2: really good i want to watch totally the scene again.
0: so uh from there i think we go back to the card game at this point
1: we go right back and and we get a great line from the chief he says uh he says uh you change your shirt mr Bond. does our little game causing you to perspire and Bond says uh a little bit, but I won't consider myself truly in trouble until I until I start weeping blood. By the way, lashif cries blood. That's an important note we missed.
0: Yes, you're right about that. They yeah, show that earlier on in the film.
1: Lot, lot of really good cutting dialogue in this in this scene because, as usual, lashif knows who Bond is and he knows what he's there to do, but he can't do anything about it. He's so he's in such deep trouble that he just needs to win this game. He can't be concerned about the British agent like in in a lot of the bond movies the bad guy always knows who bond is and he could just kill him but he chooses not to the Le chief legitimately cannot he cannot cause himself more trouble so he's aware that of he's aware of bond he's aware of what he's there to do they can't really do anything about it so they're just going to like cut at each other
0: well, this is where the chief actually beats bond and bond's pretty yeah. cocky this entire time um you know thinks he's He's got the chief right where he wants him. I have
1: to. I have to make comment on this because I actually am a poker player. I play quite a lot of poker, uh-huh. and uh, the hands in this are fine. It was. This is not worth going too deep into. The, the The hands in this are fine for a movie audience, where it's like we have to let everybody know what's going on. But um, Bond loses to an unbeatable hand, but Bond has like the second most unbeatable hand. So the drama of this scene is like Bond has to say, "Oh, you know, I was." too cocky in that hand but it's like in reality he was fine he was plenty cocky that hand was going to play out the same way no matter what so that's a very small detail if you if you play poker that would annoy you but it's fine it's fine in the context of the film
0: uh we got to make mention too of um a character we forgot to that was brought into the fray i can't remember his name though he he's in this and he's in quantum
1: Oh, Mathis. Renate. Yeah, yeah Mathis. Mathis. There you go. Mathis is sort of the uh the the ally that Bond meets. Um they're in Montenegro, which is a really cool, it's a really cool location. It's not realistic at all. Montenegro is not Monte Carlo, it's which is sort of how it looks in this film, where every car is a Ferrari or a Lamborghini or whatever. And, right. Everything is five star. It's not really Montenegro, but it is right. a very cool location. And yeah, Mathis is the uh, again, a character from the book. He was a French chief of the police or something like that. And um, uh, a cool character. I like him.
0: Yeah. Um, so he's there with Vesper when he sees Bond lose and then Bond goes to Vesper and says, you yeah, know, I got to get the five million. You got to get me back in. Vesper refuses to do that. So then Bond grabs a steak knife. And he's just <laughs> going to take Lashif out like a savage. He's
1: just, just going to stab him in the middle of the casino. It's, it's, it's so, it's so wonderful. Again, it's the, it's Bond's two natures tugging at him. He's just a killer, but he has to be more than a killer And it. And he's, he's struggling. And then we run into none other than Felix slider, who we, we Jeffrey Wright. Played by Jeffrey Wright, who is awesome. I think we both said this is our favorite Felix. It's my 100%. favorite
0: percent. Yeah, yeah he's, he's super good. Great dude. You know, he's the one that ends up buying Bond back in. He tells him I'm bleeding chips, you know, I'll spot you the money. And Bond is like, I'm sure uh this money needs to get paid back. And Felix is like, Does it look like we need the money?
1: <laughs> he's CIA. <laughs> That's a great line. He's like, he's like, I'm a terrible poker player, but the American defense budget is quite large. 10 million is not even a rounding error. Here, have some money. Exactly. Yeah, it's so great.
0: Bond gets back in, and he's doing a good job here. And then um, they bring him a drink, and he's realized he's been poisoned. And this is a very intense scene. He's stumbling outside. He goes to his car and contacts you know, the command center. And they have to walk him through, giving himself like an anti-venom or a shot of a dreadling.
1: A shot of adrenaline and hooking up a defibrillator to his heart they're gonna have him restart his own heart in we forgot to mention an aston martin aston martins are finally back in the series after a very long hiatus this was oh no actually that's not true there was an aston martin in dying the of the day i blocked that out of my head entirely um but we get the <laughs> i completely forgot <laughs> um yeah it was we, we but it's a beautiful it's an aston martin dbs and it's it's absolutely gorgeous um and again, I love the duality in this movie because at first Bond wins. In the poker game, he wins the Aston Martin DB5, the old school one. He drives that around for a bit, gets rid of it. And then and then he goes to Montenegro and the company car is the brand spanking new Aston Martin. It looks fantastic. So, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, he's now in that Aston Martin and his heart's about to stop. So yeah. he's attaching a defibrillator. He's he's jamming stuff into his neck. <laughs> totally intense. He's sweating. Um, and he basically dies. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Vesper rescues him. The defibrillator has a missing wire. And Vesper runs up just in time to plug back in the wire and restart his heart on camera. Crazy.
0: Totally, dude. Hey, give me one sec. Yeah, no worries. All right. After a brief intermission, we are at the point now where Bond has just been revitalized by uh, <laughs> Vesper. Gets back in the game. Him and Le Chief go head to head. They put it all on the table and Bond beats him and then um
1: in another as he's another completely unsubtle hand which i think was a flush like a, a an ace high flush or something to a full no it was a high flush to a full house to a higher full house to a spawn straight flush
0: which is highly unlikely
1: it's highly unlikely it's possible but it's highly unlikely it's fine i'm nitpicking it's still a great scene it doesn't matter um, the, the the tension of the scene is all that matters But Bond wins the game 120 million dollars Which he This absolutely fits into my theory of James Bond Which is that he's been embezzling from the government for decades Because this is absolutely money He was going to skim off the top He, he was just going to assume they were never going to notice it again and He's too rich He's too rich in a lot of these movies Like personally I know he has a government credit card But he still has a, like too much personal money This is where he got his start
0: so oh, as he's driving away with his winnings, um they run him off the road and now he's tied up naked to a chair in one of the most brutal scenes in any movie ever. If you're a
1: man. So if it, it, it's it's it, yeah, it's um it's it's ball torture. So oh, they, they they hit him, they hit him um you know, it's really funny. I saw this movie originally in the theaters with my dad. I was in high school and we went to see it together. We we all my dad and I always go see Bond films together in the theater. And um then a couple of days later he he was talking to me and he was like, you know, I didn't really know what was going on in that scene until I was going to the bathroom the next day, and I was like, Oh, now I now I get it. <laughs> so to paint a picture here, That's he's tied to a I chair, mean. butt naked.
0: They cut out the bottom of the chair so his balls are now hanging. From that chair, yeah. and the sheep has like this bull rope, and he's just swinging it. And at first, he gives him a little love, couple of love taps, and that is, and is enough to make me want to throw up. And then he's just full on swinging this thing and destroying this man's
1: nutsack, dude. It is deeply uncomfortable to watch.
0: Oh, it's it's giving it's, me this heebie-jeebies. Just thinking about well, it. He even
1: say, he even says it too. He says that um. Le Chief says something like, um, you know, people overdo tortures or something like that. Like all these all these grisly, leathery tortures when it's the simplest thing that can cause too much pain for a man to bear. And it's and it's very true. This also, again, because this is a prequel, really explains how Bond is able to sleep with 500 women and not have a thousand illegitimate children. Now we know. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Balls are placed in a blend.
0: <clears throat> and he's not giving in. He's no. telling the Chief. I have a little itch over here. Would you mind scratching it? And then he's hitting them, and Bond's just like, "Yes, yes, to the left, to the left." <laughs> <laughs> and, and um, uh, first of all, like I think Lashif is a very good Bond villain in this film. Yeah, he's but good. He's good. He's not given a ton in this, and the way he meets his demise is just very anticlimactic. Um, it's this Mister Green
1: no it's mr white right mr white yeah who just walks in and shoots him in the head and, and that's that it's it's again it's a very true to the book sorry spoilers this yeah. this this movie is super close to the book it, this was the first bond book i ever read like i said this came out when i was in high school and uh my faith in bond was so low due to die another day and then this comes out and i'm like oh sweet faith restored i'm really into this shit again And um, they were reprinted, the Bond books for a long time were pretty hard to find. This is before, I mean, this, you know, you could still find them, but like, this is before every single thing was reprinted on Amazon. Um, And so they reprinted a copy of Casino Royale and sold it like Target or whatever, when the movie came out, and I still have it over here. And so I read that. And as I was reading the book, I was like, wow, this really sticks close to the movie. This is basically the movie just updated. Um, That's what happened in the book. Lashie was torturing him, and somebody walks in. It was a Russian agent in the book, and just shoots him in the head. And I, I, I definitely get what you mean. I think it's fine in this case because the whole point of the movie isn't really Lashif. He's, he's so ancillary to the whole plot. Um, but yeah, it is kind of a, it's kind of a weird ending for a Bond villain. Bond yeah. has nothing to do with it. It's just out of his hand entirely, and then we never hear from him again it's very it's a little weird but it's a good it's a good scene and I do like Lachief. I think he's I like how he's also quite vulnerable because he knows he's going to be flayed alive if his clients find out he's been spending all their money um, he so he's he also, not like the in-charge villain
0: he also tells Bond that Mathis was in on it and he's the one that sold him out and then yeah. Mathis is at this like nursing home with Bond and MI6 comes and takes Mathis away and then Vesper shows up and basically tells Bond she's in love with him. And, uh, you know, she's begging him to let her in, let him in to, you know, the personal aspect of this whole deal. And then they go away to um, Vienna and end up boning down and, you know, living it up.
1: They just, yeah, they take that 120 million he just won, right. sail around the world and spend it like drunk college students, just banging all over the place in these, Amazing locations. It's a pretty great way to go out. Yeah, Bond resigns from MI six, which lasts for about five minutes. Um, but he, but he does resign. He's gonna. He's truly in love with Vesper. And that's the thing we were saying earlier. Like the chemistry is so good between them that you believe they fell in love. It makes sense. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: And then, uh, but they are going to return the money. That's the plan. Sure. So Vesper takes the money. She's going to go deposit it to the bank, and then M calls Bond and says. Where's the fucking money, blonde <laughs> <For laughs> snake? <laughs> what in the fuck is going on? So he ends up taking off and finding Vesper, who's with these thugs. This leads to her being like trapped in this cage, and this building sinks into the water, and Vesper pretty much doesn't let James save her.
1: She she essentially commits suicide. We find yeah. out that she had turned. We find out that she was working for the organization behind Lashiv the whole time. That we just,
0: spent, I mean, era uh, quantum.
1: <laughs> it's quantum. It's yeah. quantum. It's. It, it, we find out later that we don't want. Let's not talk about it. Um, it's it. <laughs> Casino is so good. You have to watch it in a vacuum. Like you just, yeah. you have to watch this film. And be like, this is it. This is this is all I care about right now. Uh, but she was working for this organization the whole time. They were blackmailing her boyfriend. Um. And uh, so basically, the whole the whole setup is that even if Lashif lost the money, he was going to win it back anyway. He was going to get it back anyway. So she, instead of facing, I guess, the shame or whatever, she decides to kill herself. In a, again, a pretty haunting scene. She um, sort of ends up in an elevator, like an old school elevator, that gets submerged down below the water. They're on, they're in, um, they're in Venice, and they blow up a house on a pontoon that sinks. Yeah. And probably the only scene in the movie, I think this is pretty much a perfect movie, but this is maybe the only scene I would say is a little bloated. It could probably be trimmed down a little bit. Um, Yeah, this is kind of extraneous, but she does end up essentially committing suicide.
0: Yes. And then um, we end with Bond showing up at Mr. White's residence. And we get the first, the name's Bond, James Bond, at the end of the film with the classic theme song. Yes. And that is the end of Casino Royale.
1: Yes. Now this scene, I want to talk about this scene for one second. I love this scene. I think it's really cool. It's great. Because again, the whole movie, it's Bond kind of before he's Bond. And then last scene, shoots Mr. White in the leg. We get Bond, James Bond, the classic Bond song. He's in the three-piece suit. He's kind of confident. He's different. And um, this is an awesome scene in in a vacuum, but it does set up my most annoying thing in the, the like would become the most annoying, consistent thing in the Daniel Craig run, which is all of his movies end with a sort of a a, a quiet promise that the next movie is going to be a Bond movie. They do this in every movie where it's like, oh, now he's James Bond. He wasn't in this one, but we're going to get a real a real James Bond movie next time they do this in every movie. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll walk through each of them, but every single one has this exact same setup. And it kind of annoys me. It's great in this movie, it gets annoying later on.
0: Right. So, as we get to the rankings, uh we'll start with the Bond girls. Do you want to go first here?
1: Oh yeah. Oh, this is number 1 for me by far. I think she's great. The chemistry is amazing. She's beautiful. Um there's a she has a good character. She does things. She is maybe, she's one of my favorite Bond girls, just in general. Yeah. Uh, but definitely number one for the Craig era.
0: I agree with everything you just said. She's also number one for me. Um, I love Eva Green and she just mm-hmm. nails it in this. And like I said, you you really buy uh the relationship these two have. Um yeah. villains. I have uh the sheaf number two. Okay. Uh, I thought, you know, he could have rose to number one if he had a little more to do in this. Um, but he's not really the focus of the film, like you said. But uh he's a well done character, um, a great actor. He he plays a role well, you believe everything that's going on. Um and, and I just uh I think I got the most enjoyment uh out of out of him, except for you know, one more villain, which we'll get into.
1: Sure. Yeah, he's my number two as well. Uh all the same things you just said. He's great not but again not the focus of the film. He's a good Bond villain. But we also sort of find out he's not the villain because he is kind there's kind of like layers to what's going on here that we don't right. really understand yet. Right. Um but he but he's great and it, yeah, Mads Mikkelsen is a really awesome actor just in general. So he does a great job. I love him.
0: Uh the theme songs here um I think I'm gonna go number two with this. Okay. Um enjoyable Chris Cornell, right?
1: Chris Cornell. The,
0: the 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 graphics of the um the graphics of all this too probably play into my enjoyment of this. I I agree with you. I like the cards and the kind of uh animated Bond fighting guys and shit like that. Um
1: yeah, it's a cool, it's cool opening just in general. Yeah. This is number one for me. Okay, I really like this song a lot. It's risen up my ranks over the years. I like the lyrics. Lyrics are a big deal for me in Bond songs. They have to mean something, Um, and this these lyrics are really well done. So I'm gonna go number one. It's close to my second, but yeah, numero uno.
0: And as far as movies go, um, man, why don't you go first? What okay, this, this is an
1: easy one. Considering this probably won't be too shocking considering I've been, you know, gushing over it for the last hour. Uh this is number 1 for me, by far. It's not even close. Uh this is this is um just a just a really good movie. I like it a lot. It, it I it was interesting. Like I kind of mentioned earlier, this is the first Bond era that I've experienced totally. And when I first saw it in theaters, I knew I liked it, but it was so different. I didn't know what to make of it. And it took me years to figure out kind of how much I liked it. And turns out it's a lot. So yeah. very much number one for me. Probably my number one movie overall. James really? Bond overall. Yeah, this is my favorite James Bond movie. And it's been there for a while. I love it. You don't have to put it in your number one. There's no no no, wrong. No, no,
0: no. Here's the thing. For this, for this run for Daniel Craig, one and two for me are very fucking close, like razor thin. Both of them, in my opinion, are great movies.
1: Oh man, I think I know what you're debating between, but I actually I'm not I'm not sure, but I think I know. I'm gonna go number two. Okay. I just I've
0: the other one sticks out more to me for some reason. I think more about okay. that film than I do this. Um but I don't feel great about saying
1: that, dude. But again, this it's is fine. a great hey great Bond film. You know what though? The nice thing is like like I said, there's there's highs and lows in the Craig era, but there's a lot of highs. So yeah. there's a lot to really enjoy. So it's fine to have another one that gets that edges this out. For for me, I also like. with a lot of these films these daniel films they really encap they each encapsulated like i was a huge bond fan by the time casino came out already so they each sort of encapsulated a time in my life and as we'll get to especially with specter um i have memories of each of them and i have very fond memories of this like i just got into high school wasn't really a bond fan at the time because i hated die another day so much this movie comes back and it just like rescues my faith in the in the franchise and i'm and i'm still super into it so that's probably a little bit of it too There's some nostalgia going on. Uh,
0: So the next film in the, in this run is quantum of solace. um, A lot of people regard this as like bottom of the barrel bond, probably, you know, in the bottom five of a lot of lists. Mm -hmm. I did. I don't know if I'm going to find that movie down there this far, dude. I had, Oh, I had an, an enjoyable time watching this movie. Now, I think one of the biggest problems of this movie is the way it's cut together,
1: the way it's edited. Um, the editing in this is awful. Yeah. I, I'm probably one of the people that would put it towards the bottom. And I do think a lot of that has to do with still, again, like coming off of loving Casino Royale so much. And like I mentioned, the ending of Casino Royale kind of alludes to the fact that, hey, the next Bond film we're going to get is going to be like a Bond film. And obviously that didn't happen. Um, and so I only, saw, this is, this, I think was my least watched Bond film ever. Um, I saw it once in the theaters and maybe a couple times after that, I watched it once a few years ago, two or three years ago, and then had and then I watched it again last week for this yeah. and that was it. So like, that's kind of how I feel about it. And it's not so much that it's bad. I don't think it's a bad film. It's, it's in parts really good and really interesting. It's yeah. just that as a follow-up to Casino Royale, which I consider to be perfection um it's a little disappointing i was a little disappointed in it then and i'm still a little disappointed in it now um but it has really good parts to it i i do enjoy certain aspects of it
0: well i think too like this movie is the least remarkable of the four craig films for sure yeah like it's kind of just a generic action film for the most part they do continue the story like we we get in the beginning here and, and bond is in a car chase and he's got Mr. White in his trunk. So it's sh- taking place straight from the end of Casino Royale.
1: Um, yeah, it's the first um, direct, it's, it's a direct sequel. And yeah. it's really the first direct sequel. If if you watch this movie as a sort of like epilogue to Casino Royale, just sort of the, the afterthought tacked on, it it's fine. Right. As its own standalone Bond film, it's a little rough. And it's barely a Bond film. That's maybe my biggest complaint with it. Um all the bondiness is pretty stripped out. But yeah, we open on a car chase, or is it a car chase? I can't tell. Yeah. I think it's wow. a car chase. <laughs> the, the editing is bad. The editing is really bad. And I'm not an editor, but one thing that I've read a lot about with this with this scene or whatever is is that um there's this editing thing where they say one thing you shouldn't do is cut. Um when you're cutting frames, you shouldn't make one thing jump to the other side of the picture. So your right. eyes have to keep moving. And they do that a lot. You can barely tell what's going on. It's actually a pretty cool car chase. Oh, again, we forgot to mention one thing. This movie um, gets docked points immediately because there's no gun barrel. I get it with Casino Royale. It's fine. It's a prequel. There's no reason for this movie not to have a gun barrel to open.
0: Well, there is a gun barrel, but it just it in Casino Royale, but just takes time to build to it.
1: But yeah, it takes time to build to it. In this movie, it does not open with a gun barrel, and there is no reason for that. It's there it it should have a gun barrel. Anyway, moving on. Pretty decent car chase, really frenetic, really high energy, some really beautiful shots. But again, the editing is really really bad, and you can barely tell what's going on.
0: Yeah um mr white reveals to mi6 it's, it's it's kind of a cool scene where he's like you people really have no idea who we are he goes this whole time we're like wondering what do they know what do they know they don't know anything and then M's like well we're quick learners mr white and he goes well the first thing you should learn is we have people everywhere and then one of
1: their dudes uh tries to M's- shoot James m's bodyguard who the, the, we find out this guy was was her bodyguard for like eight years takes out a gun and starts shooting and turns out as part of their organization it is a cool scene which um, is known
0: as i mean a uh, quantum
1: quantum quantum spec quantum yeah it's quantum right now it's gonna be yeah. specter later yeah which is really dumb but whatever um one okay one of my problems with this movie is that it never at least for the first like 20 or 30 minutes it does not slow down e- ever like it's so frenetic so it's like balls the opening, of the
0: wall action
1: it's just level 10 action the whole time so it's like opening car chase crazy opening car chase okay fine we get the song we'll talk about the song later um uh uh okay finally we had a calm scene interrogation interrogation lasts like 45 seconds action scene uh yeah and we, then we get a we get a chase and probably worth pointing out that this movie was directed by a guy named Mark Forster who had never directed an action movie before. He was like an art house director and it kind of shows because there's a lot of like weird, like Bond is chasing a guy and they keep cutting back to a horse race. I guess trying to imply that Bond and the horses are similar or whatever. Um, There's a lot of very artsy shots throughout this and some of them work and some of them are weird. So I don't know, I I have a category of Bond film called what were they thinking? And this might go in my, what were they thinking? Not that it's bad, it's not a bad film. It's just that coming off Casino Royale, which was a huge financial and critical and audience success. And the follow-up to that, they're like, let's give it to this guy that doesn't really know what he's doing. And they directed this, they rushed it to theaters. um, And they did this during the writer's strike in 2007, I think it was. And so they didn't really have a script. So this movie didn't have a script and didn't have a director that had ever done an action movie. And they rushed it out after like the biggest thing ever. So yeah, I think I might put it in my, what were they thinking category?
0: Daniel Craig said this movie made him never do another movie without a finished script ever again.
1: Yeah. So Daniel Craig and the director were writing scenes between, between scenes. They were writing the next scene and Daniel Craig's like, I'm not a writer. And he's not clearly. Um, I don't think this movie is that bad. I don't think it's awful. It could have been a lot worse, but there's some definite questionable moments.
0: Um, you know that after the, all of this shit that happens, we get our first introduction to Mister Green, and this villain is—he's <laughs> got to be one of the most unremarkable villains in the entire franchise.
1: Uh, yeah, for sure. He's he's a um, he is a a rich industrialist who is also an environmentalist who is part of Spectre I mean Quantum and it is funny. <laughs> he's just a dude though he's just a dude he's just a guy he's a guy who has a company and the plot of this movie is he wants to stage a coup in Bolivia um, to steal water. Which right. I guess is like, it's it's in a different movie, it'd probably be fine. It's an interesting plot. It is a realistic plot. Water rights are a... That's a real problem. Yeah. Um, it doesn't bother me. I like aspects of it. I like that it's a realistic plot. But for a Bond movie, he should also want to like blow up the moon or something like that. There should be something that's over the top here, and it's just it's not. It's very unremarkable. But again, this movie is this movie is pretty much just bond getting revenge for vesper's death that's right. all the movie is the plot the villain does none of it really matters he's just out to kill people and he kills a lot of people
0: yes uh we also get our first introduction to the bond girl in this which is played by uh, olga something Kirilenko. kirilenko yes uh very attractive woman not the strongest is- actress
1: that is an understatement. She is she is incredibly hot. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not the strongest of actresses, but that's fine. She's okay.
0: Um, you know, and she's got. Uh, there's this general that's with Doctor with Mister Green that she's trying to get out as well because he killed her family or something. And you know, he she wants to kill killed him
1: her family killed her family uh set her her dad was like a rebel or whatever um killed him raped her mother and sister in front of her and then burned their house down
0: right So and she's again, got a scar on the back
1: pretty, yeah pretty dark story this this movie is full-on jason Bourne. by the way this is a jason born movie
0: yes i agree with that yeah bond saves her in a boat chase scene um and they get away and then uh, the next scene is at like uh, an opera, and everybody from Spectre, I mean, uh, Quantum, is <laughs> in the crowd and they're kind of doing these business transactions. Bond is listening in, and this he is tells me.
1: This is, this is a great scene. I will say I, I'm going to criticize a lot of this movie, but this is, I think, really fantastic. Well, all this
0: is it. like a Bond type scene, right?
1: This feels very Bondy. So, Bond, also, um, we, we skipped over, but uh, um, Felix is back. <laughs> Dominic yes. Green gets in a, gets in a private plane to fly to Austria and Felix and um, the sheriff from dude Stranger, from stranger things, things, the dude from stranger things whose name I'm forgetting uh, is, is like the CIA guy. And they're, and it's a cool scene. They're, they're cutting a deal with him basically being like, okay, the CIA will turn our, you know, turn our head to your coup that you're planning, but we want the oil rights. They, they like you do whatever you do, but we want the oil. Felix is sort of emotionally conflicted. Like, about why are working with the villains? It's, it's 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 a cool little scene. But yeah, but they do eventually get to. I think it's Bregenz, Austria, and yeah. uh, the the opera I think is Tosca, and the the Tosca scene is is really cool. And it's a cool setup too because all the um, almost Inspector, all the quantum guys are having this meeting, <laughs> and it's it's it is cool because they're all there talking, yeah. and they've decided instead of meeting in like a big room or whatever, they meet <laughs> basically in plain sight, but hidden by the opera. Um, Which is neat. Uh, It's it's a cool concept, and that's what's shitty though, dude. Because like, here's the thing:
0: if they were building to Spectre this entire time and the eventual reveal of Blowfield, like they did in the Connery films, yeah, you know, you don't see Blowfield for like three films. They're building and building and building a Spectre this entire time. Finally, when you get there, it, it feels earned. And and when they retcon this shit in Spectre,
1: which we'll get to, uh,
0: it just, it feels like it's not earned at all, dude.
1: Yeah, it doesn't feel earned at all. Um, But, you know, they didn't have, I think they made a mistake because we're getting off on a tangent. They didn't have the rights to Spectre up to this point. They could legally not use the name because Kevin McClory, the Thunderball guy, still had the rights and there was still an ongoing legal thing. And then when they finally got them, they were like, oh, we'll just retcon what we were going to do. What they should have done is say okay we have him back cool we don't need him we haven't made a specter film in 45 years anyway who cares we'll save that till the next actor next actor right. comes in when daniel craig leaves we'll do a specter thing and that'll be great they should have just stuck with quantum anyway for now at least this is still just quantum and it's right. uh it's a it, it is a really cool scene uh, where they meet in this opera house and again it's very artsy um they realize they're found out by bond they start to make their exit bond takes pictures of them he starts chasing them through um like the the restaurant in the kitchen and the scene kind of goes quiet and there's no score by the way i know i'm a score guy the score in this is amazing david arnold again awesome um but this is just overcut by the actual opera and again we're getting that like intercut scene where we cut to bond like right. shooting a dude and then we cut back to the opera and they're killing people it's very very art housey not very Bond, but it's it's good, it's it's fun to see. He tells everybody,
0: I really think you guys should find a better place to meet. Yeah, and um <laughs> it's great, you right? know, They all end up walking away and he's getting pictures of them all, and then uh he ends up encountering some of these dudes. By the way, we should mention too that M again is telling Bond, like, you know, you're out of control, you're, you're doing this, that, and the other, and um got to rein it in right and of, i love of, this part because bond ends up throwing this dude off a roof <laughs> onto a car and then judy dench call or is talking to daniel and is like i thought i told you to keep a low profile he said well i did my best and she goes <laughs> you shot a man Point blake and threw him off the roof i'd hardly
1: call that trying your best <laughs> It's great. Again, again he's learned nothing. He's supposed no. to be learning things but he's learned absolutely nothing. This entire one, one, run
0: he's learned nothing. Well, he's maybe learned nothing.
1: Spectre. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's he's learned some stuff by Spectre. One little detail I love in this in this is um when this oh god, when the quantum agents get found out, they they all get up to leave and the only person who does not get up to leave is Mr. White. He's yes. smart enough to be like, okay, if we stand up, he's gonna identify us. So he like, I think it's like his girlfriend or his wife or whatever sort of makes to stand up, and he like, kind of is like, no, no, no just, just stay here. So uh, I, I like that little detail, and that's the last we see of Mister White until, till Spectre. But yes, it's, it's, it's a, it's a cool little, it's a cool little detail, I like that.
0: Uh, so then after this,
1: um, yeah, what does happen? I don't remember. I was drunk by this point.
0: Fuck, oh, dude. I don't remember either.
1: <laughs> we leave. Oh, I know what he does. Bond goes to the air. Yeah. Uh, th- again, this is this movie. Okay, this movie is very short. It's very yeah. fast paced. And it is kind of unremarkable. It 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 moves in and it's not bad. It just moves in and out of your head so are, quickly. are we already in the airplane scene? Yeah, we're in the uh No, we're not. We're missing the party. So he meets <laughs> he Strawberry Fields, who goes comes to, from first first he goes to um he goes to the airport. M has burned him. M has said like, "Don't, like, you're 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 grounded. We're canceling all your cards or whatever." So he goes to the airport and tries to get a plane and he can't. So then he says, "Okay," he you know flirts with the girl at the counter and he's like, "Hey, we're gonna get a call in a minute. Tell him I went to Cairo." She's like, "Okay, cool, because you're hot, so I'll do that." Um, and then he just we cut to Italy. I don't know how he got to Italy, but we cut <laughs> to Italy. Like, he can't go anywhere, but he got yeah. to Italy. It doesn't make any sense? Um, so we we cut to Italy and he's back with um uh, uh uh what's his name from the last movie um Mathis Mathis thank you jeez uh Mathis who has been who has been freed he's been cleared of all the charges and they set him up on like an island castle retreat sort of thing yeah and Bond convinces him to come to South uh, Mathis was the South America chief at one point Bond convinces him to go back to South America with him we get a little we get a nice little scene on an airplane with Bond and Mathis. Bond is properly drunk in this yeah. scene, like full on shit face drunk. Um, and they have a nice little, nice, it's a nice talk. This is the part of the movie I like, by the way. The, the, the There's a there's a chunk of this movie where it slows down a little bit. It's not super crazy. And we just get some decent dialogue and some cool scenes. And I like that part. Then we're back in South America and uh, we run into Strawberry Fields, the field agent who has been a redhead a redhead a fire course.
0: crotch of sorts
1: of course <laughs> Who's <been sent> to... <laughs> and this is going to be bond's one and only uh one and only conquest in this movie he sleeps with her and nobody yes, he else. does yeah and okay. and she's been sent to send him home and of course she does not do a good job of that
0: no he confronts mr green at the party and they have a little whatever and then strawberry fields is found Oh, okay, so we're skipping ahead here. God damn it, I'm getting all over the place. So, as they're leaving the party, the police pull him over and when he pops the trunk, Mathis is in there pretty much close to death. Yeah. Bond takes out the cops and then Mathis dies. Bond throws him in the fucking dumpster and takes his money, his wallet. And then he just tells uh uh what's her name? The Bond chick, Camille, Camille. Camille. He goes, uh, uh, he wouldn't again, care. It is,
1: and that's the thing. is I like that scene because I don't think he would. I think that's yeah. the whole thing is they were agents and he was like, Mathis wouldn't care. He was just here to get a job done. It It is funny we keep forgetting things because um, this movie is very unremarkable. And I hate to say that, but it's just, it's forgettable. It goes in one ear and out the other. It's enjoyable. It's fine. But I would it's kind just, of
0: put it there with the living daylights, dude. Okay. Like, there's enjoyment fair. to be had from the Living Daylights, and from this, but when you think about the pantheon of of Bond films, like this is either somewhere in the middle of your list or towards the back.
1: Yeah. Well, and like I said, this is one of my least watched Bond films, and like I watch this stuff all the time. So, the fact that I never reach for Quantum of Solace probably says something.
0: Well, it's not bad, and like like it's we not talked bad. about. Like you can remember shit that happens in like Moonraker, even die another day because it's fucking awful.
1: Yeah, right. This or is mostly just awful, unremarkable. It's it's right. fine. It's fine. But you immediately forget it. It's exactly. it's very okay. Yeah, right. It's right. well done. It's it's uh, it's shot nicely. The the acting is mostly okay. It's serviceable. Some- it's serviceable. That was the thing that frustrated me when it came out. Was like, oh, cool, Casino Royale, like amazing Bond film. And then we get this and I was like, oh, mm, we could have done better, but okay. It's like
0: that guy at your job that he just, he shows up every day. He never misses a day, but he doesn't really do anything that sticks out. <laughs> he's yeah. just, sometimes you just forget he's even on the payroll, but you know, <laughs> yeah, like, totally. he's that guy.
1: That's thats this movie. It does its job. It's fine. It's like the Milton
0: in office space, dude.
1: <laughs> but, it is. It's a good way of putting it. So,
0: okay. So after all that, um, he goes back to the hotel. Strawberry Fields is dead, and she's covered in black tar.
1: Yeah, she's covered in oil or oil, which is, which which is, is supposed to Goldfinger. An Goldfinger, and that's that's the weirdest thing to me because this whole movie gets rid of every Bond thing. We still don't have a cue or a money penny or gadgets or anything. We don't have like a casino scene, any of the little stuff. Um, but this is the thing they choose to do they're like oh we should do a in the middle of this movie that doesn't want to be a Bond film we should do a gold finger oil reference yeah what that makes no sense um, it, it this is this aggressively bothers me it's it's such a strange decision
0: I I couldn't agree with you more and this is where M tells Bond it's time to go rogue again
1: <laughs> he's just <skating laughs> M is like hotel. well can't work for me the cia oh yeah at this point the cia wants to kill bond for some reason i'm not really sure what but they they, they want to kill him and was like well i can't technically sanction you wink wink but you should like do whatever you need to do wink go yeah. go do some rogue stuff exactly so he ends up
0: escaping and now they're in an airplane right
1: now we're here. Uh, now we're here. Now we're here. They they escape with Camille and uh, they, they find like a surplus World War II aircraft. Man, this is the most... I had literally forgotten this scene existed until I saw it again. And I was like, oh yeah. this is." There's a lot thing. of
0: things that happen here where you're like, okay, any Bond movie, you have to suspend your disbelief to a certain extent. Sure. But when this old 1947, you know, airplane is... Outmaneuvering like a fighter jet,
1: right? Gets
0: the upper hand. They have to escape by parachuting. They pull the parachute out at the absolute last minute and don't splatter on the ground.
1: And then they, bond in here. They'd be bug splatter on the ground at that point. Also, Absolutely. we're pointing out there's some bad CGI in this movie. Horrible. Yeah, and th- there's a lot of it in this scene. It's it sticks out like a sore thumb. It's it's just awful. So, so Bond and... Oh, God, this is so stupid. Now that I'm thinking about it, this movie's really fucking dumb. Um, so Bond and Camille are have parachuted into an underground cave. Yeah. And this is where they get... This is where we get their, like, expository dialogue scene yeah. where Bond sort of gives his story and Camille gives her story to him and they're like, oh, we're both out for revenge and everything's very dour. By, something I haven't noted yet, one of the other reasons I don't go back to this film very much is that I think all Bond films should have a sense of fun to them. Like, there has to be a sense of whimsy to it. This has none of that. It is not yeah. a fun film. They have stripped all of the, of the, of the the um, not just comedy, but just like all the fun. They've taken all the fun out of it. It's pure straight ahead, Bond killing people. She wants to kill people. He wants to kill people. Let's go kill some people together. That's it. And uh, that loses some points for me.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. And then, you know, this brings us to the end where they go to this lair that's in the middle of the desert. Um, you know, I, I want to make mention too, this is the most expensive Bond film to date. I believe it costs $230 million to make. So it's it's pretty mind-boggling, dude, when you think of it. Wait,
1: I know Spectre costs more, or I know um, uh, No Time to Die cost more than that, but if this costs more okay. than Skyfall. Yeah. Oh, 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 to date, this was the most expensive Bond film. Oh, I see, yeah. yeah. That's insane because this doesn't look very expensive and no. um, it's very short. It's like 90 minutes. It's the shortest Bond film by far.
0: We get to this lair at the end. It's in the middle of the desert. It's, it's not very inspired. Um, uh, this general is like going to rape some chick and then they break in and Bond has this fight with Mr. Green. That is absolutely hilarious, dude. Mr. Green is <laughs> got a machete. And you can tell he doesn't know how to
1: fight. He's just like, "Ah! Ah!" literally howling, howling. Like in a real fight, a man of Daniel Craig's stature would just absolutely maul him in about a minute. It's such a silly, silly scene. It's kind of like the scene in Batman where the Joker gets the drop on Batman briefly, but then you're immediately like, yeah, but Batman would just murder him immediately right right. and that's kind of this scene it's it's very silly but meanwhile there's a hotel in the middle of the desert that runs on hydrogen for some reason which is all to say that the hotel is now exploding so bond it has to get camille out before the hotel completely blows up so they
0: end up escaping with mr green and he leaves him in the middle of the desert with the can of motor oil and says you know, if they don't find you first, you can either drink this or fuck off and start, leaves them to walk through the desert.
1: Which which, uh, brings up something that I probably should have pointed out earlier. Remember when I said about the world is not enough? It's a movie that would be better if they took stuff out of it. This is a movie that would be better if you put stuff back into it. It feels like there are scenes missing. And this is one of those scenes because Bond gets green and then they like drive away and then we cut And then Bond dumps him in the desert again and he's like, well, you've told me everything you have to tell me. And it's like, shouldn't we have seen that? Or seen you kill him or anything? Like, that would have been nice. Yeah, It feels like there's something missing there. And then, yeah, we cut to just him being gone. It's weird. It's it's very weird.
0: And then the uh, the movie ends with Bond finding the boyfriend of Vesper. He tells this other chick to Tell them the agents, she's a spy. You got a mole in your ranks. Get out of here. And he lets the guy live. And M's like, is he alive? Bond's like, yes. And she's like, Bob, I'm surprised. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, they found motor oil in Mr. Green's stomach in the middle of the desert. Then Bond's like, I wish I could help. And and that's it. The movie Ah. ends there.
1: No, Mike, there's one more thing we are continuing in the tradition of setting up another James Bond movie that we're never going to get because the actual last line of dialogue is uh, M says, Bond, we need you. Are you going to come back? Or something like that. And Bond very meta says, I never left. And then we get the gun barrel sequence at the end, which is not where it goes. Right. Um, and so again, we get this sort of sort of setup for another movie that isn't, gonna ever happen where it's like oh yeah cool okay now he's james bond now we're gonna get just like a bond film
0: this is the only bond girl to not happen. get the bond dick too
1: that is that is true um this is the only bond girl where it's never even implied in was it licensed to kill no in uh, living daylights we never see them sleeping together like we never see him in bed or anything like that um, but it's implied at the end that she she finally gets they're it. They're making out at the end. They're making out. They're, they're going to go there. Yeah. Um, this is the only movie where it's very clear they do not sleep together. But right. I guess totally for the film, it makes sense because this is a revenge story. <laughs> he's in love with Vesper. He's mad that she died and he's just have to kill people. So if he slept, well, I guess he slept with Strawberry Fields. I don't know. The logic doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. <laughs> whatever. Okay. Whatever.
0: It's Whatever. Well, we'll start it off then with the uh the bond villains this is a clear cut four for me yeah, very it's just plain jane you know unremarkable uninspired uh you know i saw the excuse for for why this guy is the way he is they wanted to make it like well he's a villain you don't see him plain sight and you could just be your next door neighbor this is fucking James Bond dude
1: no that's stupid i want my I Bond know. villain I want my Bond villain to be completely insane and over Absolutely. the top and look he either needs to want to like wipe out humanity or blow up the moon or take over a bank or something crazy. Yeah um yeah this is number four for me for sure maybe one of the worst in the series agreed but even even in like bad Bond films there's always good villains like we were really mean to live and let die, and I rewatched live and let die the other day, and I was like, "Yeah, it's got problems, but Yahfikoto is pretty good as the villain. Agreed. Like he's he's kind of even Kathy. Moonraker, even um, oh, Moonraker, he got a great villain. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. It's not a good movie, but it's got a really fun villain. So definitely four, and maybe one of the worst overall.
0: Agreed. Yeah, Uh Bond girls. As far as Daniel Craig run goes, for me, um.
1: Here's the thing. The next movie we're going to talk about, there is no Bond Girl. I have a controversial opinion. Well, it's not really controversial. I'm going to have a weird way of ranking the Bond Girls for the next movie that I will get into because it's different. Because you were right. There is no Bond Girl in the next movie. Um,
0: This is last for me then?
1: Um, That's fair. That's fair. Yeah.
0: Maybe you know I can rearrange that if we agree with Skyfall.
1: But no, I'm for- also gonna put this last. It's she's she's really hot, but not, not great. Yeah, she's fine. My my the theme- uh go ahead. No, I was gonna say for, for, for Skyfall, there isn't like it's gonna be tough to rank. There isn't one Bond girl. I guess we'll get to it, but sure. there's still some good stuff there. So in this case, I'm gonna say four. Uh
0: theme songs. This is also uh number four for me. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't hate this song, but I just, I like the other songs better. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, so
1: yeah, again, not too much to say about it. (laughs) That's fair. This song's a bit of a mess. Um, I like Jack White and I like Alicia Keys. I like them separately. Don't necessarily need them together. Um, I'm going to rank it. No, you're right. I'm going to ring it four. It was close, but yeah, it's fourth. It's, well, you it's, must really hate that uh, Spectre theme song. I do. I do. Because <laughs> okay. I was going to put that as my fourth, or I was, was going to put that as my fourth, but I, actually, that's not true. I don't hate the Spectre theme song, but um, I like, I kind of like this. Yeah, now I'm gonna put this third. I'm changing my mind again. This goes third. All right. All That's Spectre theme songs going going dead last. Spoilers. I don't Overall, hate it. I don't hate it. It's just, yeah. it's just, it's fine.
0: Yeah. Overall, uh, films in this run, it's four. Um, again, I don't hate this movie. I enjoy watching this movie, but uh, like you said, you forget about it the minute you turn it off.
1: Yeah, totally. And I agree. It's four. Um, but it's not awful. I've actually grown to enjoy it more and more over the years. When I first saw it, I was disappointed, thought it was a bad follow-up to casino. I still think it's a bad follow-up to casino, but it is enjoyable. And like all of the Craig era, the good stuff is great. And so when it's good, it's it's really good. And I'm enjoying it. When yeah. it's bad, it's noticeable, but it's it's a it's a fun movie. I I, I do enjoy it. It's just it's got problems.
0: <clears throat> okay so the third installment in this run is Skyfall and this is the first of two that Sam Mendez directs um, this is a very it's interesting about this movie it's fantastic however this is not a movie that follows the Bond formula at
1: all no not at all it is quite it is quite a good movie um i have grown to love it more over the years when i first saw it obviously again like going back to my first experiences with these movies and theaters you know quantum in 08 and i was like nah, okay um and then we get another four-year break uh, i think sony or mgm went bankrupt or something and there was a big there was a big gap Bond finally comes back in 2012 with Skyfall. It was the 50th anniversary of Bond. They had this big thing, this big push from the London Olympics. This was the first billion dollar Bond. It made, I think, $1.1 billion. A ton of money considering Casino and Quantum made like five and $600 million each. So huge yeah. jump. And so it was like the biggest thing ever for the Bond franchise. And people, even when it came out, like Bond fans loved it. Um, just were gushing, and honestly, I was kind of the guy that was like, "Yeah, it's fine. I liked I, I thought, it." Same. Yeah, I liked it. I didn't love it. Um, I have grown to like it more. It's really grown on me. It is a fantastic movie, um, but it took a while for me to really come around to this one. I at first I, I just kind of felt like, "Yeah, it's it's okay. Um, it's it's really good, but it's got problems." And I still think it has problems. Um, but it is it is quite. If you just this is a movie where you have to shut your brain off and go with it. And if you can do that, you're going to love it. It's really good. It's beautifully shot. The score is fine. It's not a great score. The acting's really good. The story's cool. It's very different. Um, but it is overall a, it's a pretty fantastic movie. Yeah. Took me a while to get there, but I'm there now.
0: Yeah, um it <sighs> It, 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 it there's yeah there's so many things about this that don't feel like bond but uh it's a it, if you just look at it as, as strictly a movie it's actually really good um and i appreciate it a lot more on this watch um which is interesting because now that i'm more familiar with the franchise like you would think i'd be like oh what the fuck this isn't you know this isn't my bond not my bond yeah but,
1: no, I, I can understand that though. I I uh yeah, I, I just imagine you becoming like an old school Bond fan where you're like, this ain't the same. this isn't my old Bond. I don't like this. Exactly. I've been a fan since 2020. Yeah, the great COVID scare of 2020. Yeah. That's, That's when I became right. Bond fan. Uh um, yeah, I can understand that though. Um I didn't really love this movie until I don't know if I still do. It's it's an it's a it's a weird one for me. I do really enjoy it. I didn't get it until honestly just like a year or two ago and then one night i put it on again with my dad my dad will only watch daniel craig films now he loves them and i was watching it and i was you know a couple cocktails deep that might have helped, but i was watching it and i was like you know what i get this movie now it's it is really great and we're going to be the millionth people to point this out but it's also gorgeous the cinematography in this is amazing there's like a million beautiful shots um, and the story is cool It's not, the thing is We should get into the movie now The thing is, it's not a James Bond movie It's an M movie It's really a movie about M And her choices and her past And how she uses and throws away his agents um, And that's kind of what it's really about It's her, it's focused on her Which is fine, it's cool It, it works And Bond is kind of a cog in that
0: Yeah, and then we start to see the a theme that you see in this movie, and definitely in Spectre, where they're you know, the double O program is old, and these guys are this is the old way of thinking, and this is barbaric, and you know, yeah, it's time to put these dogs out the pasture and, and shit like that, you know. Um, it begins with a ch- uh, chase scene um that ends up on a train ultimately, and the woman who eventually becomes Money Penny uh is on this perch. Spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah, and she's I'm got sorry. a shot that was, the,
1: that was the least that was the least subtle thing ever. Like yeah. the whole time in that movie when I was watching this in theaters, I was like she's money penny. She's money penny. Money penny. We all know where this is going. She's fine. Right. I like her as money penny, but Me too. it's very clear where this is going. Uh she
0: takes M tells her to take the shot cuz she's telling him I'm, I don't have a clear shot. She shoots and Bond gets hit and falls into the uh river which he surely would have died from but he just fallen to a
1: river he falls about 400 feet Italy. goes down
0: waterfalls
1: <laughs> goes down waterfalls hits the bottom of rocks one of my problems okay so i'm probably going to talk about skyfall and specter a lot together because i feel sort of the same way about i feel very similar about both of them but one weird thing about the sam mendes movies is the problems in them could have easily just been rewritten like very simply like it would have been very simple to have bond like get shot and then just roll down a hill and we would have been like oh that makes a lot more sense he just got he got grazed by a bullet and rolled down a hill in this one it's like he gets shot in the heart and falls a thousand miles into a rocky river and then gets like immolated and it's like he lives and we're just supposed to go with it it's right it's very strange it's again it's fine it's bond he's basically superhuman but it's a really weird choice like they didn't need to do that. Yeah.
0: Um so then, you know, we we cut to M giving her report on the deal. Um and uh was it Ralph Fines? Is this where we meet Ralph Fines?
1: Yeah, so this is a great scene. Um M is brought in to uh His name is Mallory, which I love because he has another M name. Uh, She is brought into Mallory's office. He is, he is, um, I'm not sure what his position is, but he's a politician. He's a, he's an elected official and he's sort of oversight to the intelligence community and basically tells them, oh, the, the plot to this movie, it does not matter at all. But the plot is the generic, you lost the hard drive that had the names of our agents on it. Right. Literally, it's the Mission Impossible plot from nineteen ninety six. Like yes. it's been done a million times. It's fine, but it's not the it's not the center point. So he brings her into his office and says, "You know, you few months ago, you lost the hard drive that contained all of our agents. You failed. This is a big thing. You're going to transition out of this office. We're not firing you. You're going to resign, and um, this is your last hurrah." and uh you know you'll be knighted or whatever the equivalent for a woman right. I, don't think, I don't think they knight women because they're very sexist and uh but they're like but you're you're done and right. she, she says you know i'm not well i'm not going to leave the department worse than how i found it i'm going to finish the job so we're, we're already led to hate mallory um mm-hmm. even though he's just doing his job but we're already kind of like led to be like oh this is sort of the the the, the villain ish of the film
0: yeah yeah we cut to bond uh I don't know where
1: the fuck he is. I'm assuming the Bahamas. I mean, that's what I always assume. I just guess that's where he always goes. Like, I don't know. I guess. I guess. Um, he got shot off the train in Turkey, so I guess he's somewhere in Eastern Europe. Yeah. I guess somewhere with a nice beach, and he's just banging a chick, and he's got some Heineken. Thanks, Heineken Pop and for pills. the million dollar check popping pills. The dude's a straight up drug addict in this one <laughs> yeah. that kind of gets overlooked, but it gets mentioned a few times and he's a, he is a straight drug addict. And then he sees that M's office has been bombed. Yep. Um, and that
0: kind of brings him back into the fold M gets these messages like says, think on your sins and this hacker blows up, you know, mi 6s building. A lot of this movie takes place in London, which yes. is not, you know, even though, Bond is British. You don't see a ton of these movies taking place
1: in London. That's absolutely true. And um it was it was mostly a budgetary thing in this movie. Like they didn't want to go, you know, again, like they're coming back after four-year hiatus, um second longest break ever up until this point. Um and mgm had gone bankrupt they don't have a huge budget. their thing was like oh we'll we'll focus it in london and this coincided with the london olympics so there was a lot of like british you know nationalist thing going on right now so yeah daniel craig
0: actually made an appearance
1: he did at the queen's
0: behest as james bond
1: and it was i don't know if you've ever seen it but it was really cool it was fun like he actually got to it was really neat yeah i don't like, yeah he so at the beginning at the opening ceremony of the olympics uh Daniel Craig like walked into Buckingham Palace as James Bond in his tux and the queen actually played herself she was a really good sport apparently the whole time and he was going to sort of like escort her to the to the Olympics and they had um they had him and her stunt double like skydive into the Olympics. Oh yeah, that's it, pretty cool. It was really it was really neat. So there was a lot of goodwill around England going into this movie. Um and yeah a ton of it is, it takes place in England which you're right like for the most part, usually we get the setup in Britain and then that's it. They leave. So it's kind of neat to see to see him stay in London the whole time. Or yeah. I guess they go to Scotland at one point. But yeah, it's 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 uh it's really cool. So yeah, Bond sees Bond sees that MI6 has been attacked and he's basically just been drinking on a beach for the last four months. Um, but the, at that point decides I have to go back and protect protect MI6. You have to watch this movie in a really in a really different mindset again because there's a little bit of a weird leap here. Um, you know, in Casino Royale, Bond is not even a double O. In Quantum, it takes place right after Casino Royale, so he's presumably a fresh agent. And then in this movie, he's considered old. Yeah, he's like he's like you're 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 washed up. You're tired. You're, That's like you're, um, you're an elderly man. Why are you doing this? It's like The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, totally. It's it's so weird. I, I, I guess. The only thing i can relate it to is like with with ufc fighters where it's like when you're a ufc fighter and you're 30 or 31 they say oh he's in the prime of his he's in the prime of his of his career he looks amazing yeah. and then when you're like 32 and a half they're like well he's kind of on the kind of on the downward slope now and it's like so there's this there's this sweet spot where it's yeah. like you're you're in the your prime right here maybe that's the same with double agents where they uh they're they're really good at 38 to 41 and then after that they're elderly maybe i don't know it's a little muddy but that's kind of the theme of the movie is he's been he's been shot in the shoulder beat up retired he's a drunk and a pill popper um and he has to get back in the field it's it's, it makes for a cool backdrop
0: yeah m um tells him you got to do a
1: fit for duty test um to get back to work um which he he abjectly fails for the most part. Like yeah, he
0: can't do like pull-ups. He can't he can't hit a target.
1: They oh, do a psychological. A Go ahead. Yeah, there's a there's a scene where he's holding his gun and he, his hands are straight up like shaking, which is not what you want in your field agents, I don't think. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I mean it's 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 pretty and he even looks like shit. Like Dan, Daniel Craig looks bad in this movie. Like and clearly they made him look bad because he still looked quite fine in real life, but um he looks like an old rundown drunk
0: absolutely so he fails all these tests and the new m is introduced to bond and basically tells him you're not cut out for this anymore you you know you're not the agent you used to be
1: he's a total he's a total prick in this scene like you 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 want to root against him m tells
0: uh bond congratulations you passed here's your gun get out there and be somebody and then the other dude's like, I didn't know he passed his test and M's like, he didn't. <laughs> <So> <laughs> he didn't shut up. <laughs> just, yeah, she just pushed him through and so now he's out there um, and this takes him to Hong Kong, right?
1: Yeah, and and again, like we were talking about the cinematography but oh, the, the shots this in this really Hong Kong scene, shines through. this is where it shines through. I mean, like so many different, like, just It's I think I think it starts with him on a like a um, on a in a pool on top of a roof, which was not shot in Hong Kong. That was actually shot in London and they just transposed it in Hong Kong. That's the uh, that's the London Four Seasons pool. I don't know why I know that, but I do. Um, uh, But yeah, like just the whole the all the shots are absolutely gorgeous. It looks so good. There's there's one scene in particular, like he eventually makes his way to um, he's tracking the assassin from the beginning of the movie that he was fighting on top of the train and he does eventually find him in a building and he's going to he's going to assassinate a wealthy chinese guy um and it's just it's not something you can explain you just have to watch it but the shots the cinematography is so good it's just it's beautiful to look at yeah
0: he encounters uh the same guy he was chasing on the train and uh, the guy executes somebody, and then him and Bond have a tussle, and he ends mm. up again throwing that guy off the roof.
1: Yes, and one thing I love about that scene is Bond does not stop him from executing this guy. No. I feel like I feel like a different Bond, maybe a Pierce or a Roger, would have stopped him from doing the execution. Daniel lets him kill the guy; he doesn't care, and and then he goes to work on him. Yeah. he's not there. He's not there to be the do-gooder. He's just there to do his job. It's, it's great.
0: They focus on the woman across the way, staring at bond. And I thought that was going to be a payoff somewhere else down the road. And it's never brought up again. Right.
1: Oh no, that's, that's, um, that's, Is that the chick, that's the same that's chick. The, that's the woman he meets in the bar later on. Okay. I I, I wasn't
0: a hundred percent on that. So no, okay. she looks,
1: she looks different. That's the yeah. thing. She has like a different, she has like a different sort of dress on her hair is different and they also don't get super close on her. So it's hard to tell, but that is the same woman.
0: Okay. That makes sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So
0: then we've got this scene where he's rolling up to this casino in like a, like ancient kind of Chinese boat. And it's so fucking cool, dude. He's He's sitting there in the
1: tux. Oh, wait, actually, this is before we skipped over one thing. Money Penny (sighs) comes to meet him. We don't know if she's Money Penny yet, but she comes to meet him. Oh, yeah. in in his hotel room a when he's just scene. in it's a great scene and he's just in a towel and he has like shaving cream on his face and she, she just straight up straddles him and like and shaves him and like i mean i guess the the eternal question is did they in this scene did they do it i say i say no because they never knew but they must have gotten close
0: it's no because it's money penny exactly it's with the tease. Exactly, she
1: teased him a whole lot, and then left.
0: Right.
1: So she's now there. She's now spying. She's basically working for uh, Mallory, Ralph Fine's character, um, but she she is there to, to sort of report on what Bond is doing. Bond Bond rocks up to this Macau casino, looking like an absolute boss just in his tux hand in his pocket like it's got to be the most he's on a boat it's got to be the worst way to stand on a boat but he's at the very front of the boat with his in his in his tux hand in pocket probably going to fall in the water at any moment if that boat lurches it doesn't matter he looks great um and then he walks into a casino and money penny is there also spying on him which is which is great
0: yeah but he's got this little... big
1: go ahead good ahead. I
0: would say they're, they're having banter back and forth as they're passing each other. Yeah. And there's a little flirtation going on there. And it's it's great. The whole scene is fantastic.
1: This whole segment is so good. Um, the the, the Bond Money Penny flirtatiousness is great. And she's just there in like earpieces. So they're yeah. just hearing each other kind of whisper. Bond picked up, when he killed the assassin in Macau, he picked up, um, I think he's in Hong Kong, he picked up a, a case with, or no, he picked up two chips. That had the Macau logo on them, so he's going to go cash them in, and right. presumably this was payment for the assassination. So he goes to the casino, and they immediately realize that, you know, this is not the guy we hired. He's got these chips. What's going on? As usual, Bond is not subtle. Um, and then we get a a really fantastic scene with Severine, who is who he, she was the woman in the uh, in the apartment the where the guy was right. killed, and uh, she is a how would you describe her? She's uh, And she's an an ally of Silva, who we find out is the bad guy. But she was also sort of, well, we find out she was part of the Macau sex trade. So presumably she's been in Macau for a very, very long time and has some politics. It's a a great scene, but it's also very uncomfortable. There's great dialogue, though, when these two. She is
0: smoking hot as
1: well. Incredibly. Yeah, that dress, the cigarette. It's also notable that she smokes a cigarette. Um, there has not been cigarettes in Bond since like the 90s and right. she sits down and just lights up puffs in his face she's incredibly um sultry Yeah, the whole scene is sultry it's 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 a great scene again it's hard to describe you gotta watch it but
0: um, she's telling Bond that you know we're gonna leave on this boat to go meet this the guy thereafter but uh, you're gonna be killed as soon as I leave here
1: she's also and- incredibly afraid um, the thing they—the thing they really drive home is she is clearly a woman that's been through a lot, and she's in charge. But when Bond brings up, you know, who's your, who's your, who do you work for? He does the whole, you know, who's your boss thing, and right. she gets noticeably afraid, and doesn't even want to talk about it. No. And
0: so, after Bond dispatches of some of the goons here, they fall into this pit, and uh, one of them gets eaten by a komodo dragon, which was pretty cool. Yeah. And then uh, he ends up making it onto that boat and sneaking up on her in the shower. And she just, I guess, just knows it's him.
1: In a very uncomfortable scene, because she just told him, she just said that she she was part of the Macau sex trade at 12 years old. And Bond is like, oh, this woman must be sexually scarred. I should sleep with her. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Like, just zero thought went into that at all.
0: <laughs> so now they're going to this island, and uh, this is a great fucking lair, dude. He's got the whole island yes. himself. Um, they bring him in, and he's handcuffed to a chair, and we get our introduction of Silva. And I love how they just stay on the shot, and you see Javier Bardeen come down this elevator, and he's just talking very, very calmly to James. And he's just like, oh, my grandmother had this island, and these two rats like learned how to eat nothing but rat, and then they threw him out into the wild. And I love this whole exchange, dude.
1: It, it It's so good. And yeah, the shot is amazing. He he comes down in the elevator. They have like kind of a wide shot on him. It's like a wide shot, and then he's really far away. And then as he walks closer, the wide shot gets narrower. And so right. the, the camera doesn't move. It just... Focuses more as he comes into frame. It's so well done. Yeah, it's really a testament. Like Sam Mendes is a really good director, and when he's when he wants to be there, Skyfall, amazing things happen. When he doesn't want to be there, questionable things happen. As we'll get to Inspector, but like when he when he really wants to throw all of his weight behind a film, some pretty amazing stuff can happen. And this yeah. is this is one of those scenes that's just super good.
0: Then there's a they, you know he starts telling James did she tell you you passed your physical yes he's he's like no no she sent you to me knowing you were not ready knowing you would most likely die and then he starts (laughs) in like the most homoerotic scene ever in a bond film
1: oh absolutely
0: he's like feeling craig up and feeling his chest he's like oh you're trying to remember your training what uh what did the handbook say for this or something like that (laughs)
1: It's so uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable, but it's so good. It's so like, and and yeah, Javier Bardem just like knocks it out of the park. He's such a creepy, uncomfortable villain. He's
0: feeling his thighs, and he's like, "There's a first time for everything." And Bond's like, "Who says this is my first time?"
1: And then even Silva, Silva's surprised. He's like, "Oh, Mister Bond. Yeah, I had no, I had no idea." <laughs> So they go outside. It's very funny. It's great.
0: And they've got um what's the woman's name again?
1: Severine. Severine.
0: She's tied up now and like almost lined up like a firing squad thing. She's yeah. beat up. And Bardeem's like, let me see how good your shot is. puts a shot glass on her head, gives At Bond the gun. He
1: also says, like, let's he, he like gets into Bond's like ear and he's like, let's see who comes out on top. <laughs> it's yeah. like I was like, ah. And they're
0: forcing him to take a shot, and he misses. Bardeen's like, oh, don't worry, and just shoots her. And now she's
1: dead. Yeah.
0: And then this is kind of weird for me, though. All of a sudden, he gets his nerve about him and just takes everybody out in like four moves.
1: Yeah, that's the weird, yes. This is the sort of totally inconsistent stuff that comes with a Sam Mendes movie. Because again, there's this in in Inspector 2 where it's like one thing is happening, and then something completely different happens. Yeah. and and it's it's not always consistent. So it is a right. little strange where it's like, oh, so he could have done that on the boat. He could have just like murdered everybody on the boat and then driven up the boat and been like, I'm James Bond, I'm here to figure out what's going on. Um yeah. and he didn't do that. So that's a little like and also he waited till the girl was dead. Again, so like he has a total carelessness for life in this movie. He he let um, the assassin, I forget what his name was. He let the assassin kill that guy in Hong Kong. Um, he let Severine die, even though they just slept together. Like he could have done these things before. Absolutely. So it's a little, it, 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 it's very inconsistent. And that's kind of the Sam Mendes thing where it's like one thing happens and then something a completely different happens. One little aside in the scene, if I, if I can, um, there is a, uh, the scotch that they have on top of her head is a 50 year old Macallan. It is not a Macallan 50. I've looked into this. Um, it is just a 50-year-old bottle of Macallan, and yes, it is my dream bottle of whiskey. I am a whiskey. I'm a whiskey guy. I'm a big whiskey guy. I'm drinking uh, whiskey right now. And the thing that got me into whiskey was kind of this movie. Um, this came out in 2012. I yeah. turned 21 in 2012. Oh, and when i saw this i was like i didn't really have anything that i like to drink and i saw this and daniel craig was like drinking scotch left right and center and i was like ah, i want to drink some scotch at the same time of this at the same time this movie came out my uh, my mom used to own a restaurant and the restaurant closed in 2012 and uh the, the bartender there it was a guy it was an older guy but a guy i went to high school with when it closed he gave me a bottle of McAllen from the bar oh, at, in, my, in my mom's restaurant he was like hey Like, you know, this is your mom's like you should have it. And just so you know, this is good stuff. Don't shoot it. Don't like mix it just like drink it, you know, put some ice over it or whatever. And so when I saw Daniel Craig drinking, uh, you know, McAllen and Skyfall, and then I also got presented a bottle of McAllen that same year, I was like, this is a sign. This is clearly what I'm supposed to be drinking and yeah, I did. It's this movie's cost me a lot of money to this day. I am still a whiskey guy, so That's awesome. this scene, this scene did influence me.
0: Barnim is now captured because MI6 is tracking him. Oh fuck, we completely glossed over the introduction of the new Q.
1: Oh, we did. Yeah, Ben Wishaw. Ben Wishaw. So, so before Bond goes to China, uh, he goes to a. Um, this is also another. Uh, uh, sort of instance that happens in this movie and the next movie of them never being in mi6 you notice they're never in mi6 ever no um yeah ever which is really weird bond goes to a um museum and he's looking at a piece of art and uh, a young a very young Hugh comes and sits down and introduces himself as the new quartermaster and gives bond a uh a radio and a gun with his that can like pick up his fingerprints which is the same thing that we had in license to kill so that's really old technology that's 30 year old technology at this point and the
0: shoe tracker is is from um
1: gold uh, goldfinger
0: goldfinger yeah yeah it's
1: the same it's the same concept it's like that radio that you stick in the heel of your shoe um but they kind of make a joke about it they they say like oh you know we don't really go in for exploding pins anymore golden yeah. reference right
0: um
1: so yeah so we get a new cue and i like i like ben wishaw's cue i think a young cue makes sense
0: he, yeah, he grew on me as the movie went on. Um Yeah,
1: like it, it's fun to have you know Desmond Llewellyn, the old the old Q was amazing. He's the goat obviously, but like a young techie Q makes more sense these days. Sure. So, I Absolutely. like him I like him a lot. I like him a lot.
0: Uh so Bardem is captured or Silva and M's like time to say hello and uh she goes in there and he's behind this glass wall like fucking Loki and the Avengers, um, or I guess like Hannibal Lecter, and he's just looking completely psychotic. Mm-hmm. Um, I-, I can't say enough good things about his performance in this. He's so good.
1: He is he is one of the best ever James Bond villains. I think. Um, I agree. And he's then... so good. He 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 plays every scene totally perfect. Um, and yeah, his he, we we kind of mentioned the um, Christopher Nolan thing earlier, but his plot here is basically the same as the Joker. Yeah, which we find out he got caught to get released. Right. Which was very weird.
0: But he shows M the damage of what had happened to him. And he pulls out like his fake teeth and his eyes all fucked up. And, you know, he's just messed up. M kind of he was an ex MI6 agent. Uh, He said M left him rot, you know, and then she tells Bond that. He started to kind of go on his own deal and make deals behind closed doors so she turned him in to get six agents back in return, and it had something to do with the Chinese government, right? Yeah,
1: again, yeah, it was like it was like um, I think he was working in Hong Kong in the eighties when this is before Hong Kong was a Chinese territory when it was a British territory, yeah. and it was something like um, you know, he was she said he was a, he was a fantastic agent, but he started working beyond his brief and he was hacking other people and the Chinese wanted him. And I got six agents in return for him. And again, like this is an M movie. This is not a Bond movie. This is a psychological study of M of like, what does somebody like that have to be like to just deal in humans all the time? And this really adds to that because she's like, yeah, I turned, he was a great agent, but I turned him over happily to get six of my people back. And he was kind of kind of becoming a villain. And then he gets it. The whole movie is him having a grudge against her. That's the whole when, thing.
0: When she escapes or when he escapes, M is at this hearing where they're basically telling her like the, you know, double O's program is bullshit. Uh-huh. And, you know, uh...
1: she's getting a tongue lashing. Yeah. from the that's... she's, she's at a, she's at a public hearing in parliament or whatever. Um, listening to whatever I, I assume the, congresses of england is, this, is they're giving her oversight now i'm like i have to say something about the scene
0: this court scene just reminds me so much it, it i don't know why i'm probably the only one that's ever going to make this comparison but ghostbusters too they're they're having this they're in court same thing this judge is telling all the ghostbusters that they're full of shit and they're just con artists and um They've got this slime in there and it's reacting to negative energy. And the judge is like, da, 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 da. And the Ghostbusters are like trying to tell him. And finally, he he gets this slime to bust. And these two ghosts come out and start wreaking havoc in the courtroom. Basically, and the Ghostbusters have to come in and, and save the day.
1: So it's kind of the same thing here. Um, I do think you're going to be the only person to make that comparison. Yeah, 100%. that's percent. That's the first time I've heard that comparison. But you know what? That's valid. It's valid. But that
0: is that's that's how it goes because
1: it's basically you're it goes, yeah.
0: shitting on the double O system. Mm-hmm. M is trying to defend it. And then uh Silva goes in there with his goons to kill M and probably everybody in there. And who saves the fucking day but Bond? James Bond. Money Penny, everybody who's backing the double O program. And we actually see Ralph Fiennes character, Mallory, get into the action. He takes a, up a bullet gun. for M.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a really cool scene. And like Bond, it's it's again, with, it's one of those like interspersed scenes, but it's actually done well this time um, yeah. where you have like M reading a poem, Bond sprinting to save her, intercut with Silva making his way through into the hearing room. I, I have to say, I used to think this scene was completely unrealistic because I was like, surely there's no way a bunch of thugs could just like make their way into a into a a congress room or whatever this is oh boy without without you know like surely there'd be like a lot of security and and like they wouldn't make their way in how wrong you were oh apparently like you can do this like i didn't know (laughs) and that's all Um, i'm going to say about that but apparently you can (laughs) yeah yeah um but yeah like it's a it's a really cool scene and then Silva finally breaks in He's, his whole thing is he wants to kill him he looks at her and he hesitates for just a moment presumably he's like savoring the moment and in that moment i think it was mallory that jumps over the the table yeah, and like takes a bowl pull, for her, pulls her down. yeah and he gets shot and then that gives bond enough time to get in and yeah like you got bond and money penny and mallory all shooting i love that mallory mallory obviously becomes M later in the movie spoilers but like i love that he is capable like he's a he's a an army officer whatever and he he, he's badass like he really knows what he's doing i like that um
0: so bond escapes with m and tells q leave a trail of breadcrumbs so the only people that can find us is silva and this takes him back to skyfall ranch which they had made mention to that name earlier in the film and it
1: triggered bond Uh, but this is where bond grew up as a kid yeah this is also where the plot starts to get um a little questionable because bond essentially kidnaps the head of mi6 and and she's like too many people have died for me because people died earlier in the film so at this point like seven people have died for her and she's like too many people have died for me bond it's going to be just you and i and bond's like okay we can do that we're going to go somewhere where silva can't get us we're going to go back in time so yeah they go to skyfall ranch which was bonds um they go to scotland Um, oh first they switch cars we're back in the db5 hell yeah i'm fine with this this is great um and the whole thing is like we're gonna go we're gonna go to a place where we have the upper hand on him which is cool so they go to skyfall which is bond's home it's his home that's where he lived it's where his parents lived so we're doing the uh bond deep dive psychological study here for the first time not for the last time probably should be the last time but it's not the You're last right
0: time. um <laughs> they show up though and i love how the house is empty it looks like nobody's been there for a long time yeah like decades and
1: then this old dude just appears out of the darkness yeah Kincaid. now that was supposed to be sean connery yes they had sean connery yeah they <laughs> wanted sean connery and i agree i would have loved that it would have been great yeah. People, people like so many dummies were like, "Oh, what about the continuity?" It's like, oh, who cares about the continuity? This is stupid. He hasn't been Bond since nineteen seventy-one. Like, I think it would have been really cool if that was Sean Connery that walked out.
0: Plus, they had established at this point
1: that this is a reboot. Yeah, totally. It's a whole different thing. It's not. It's not the. It's not the Connery to Pierce Bond. It's. It's a whole different thing. So yeah. I think it would have been fine. Having said that, Kincaid is awesome. He's great. He He was he was the gamekeeper for Bond's family, and he's still there. And when he walks in, Bond sees him. He's like, "You're still alive? Like you're old as fuck." Like, okay. Bond just
0: tells him, "There's men coming to kill us," and Kincaid just like, "Well, you better get ready."
1: Yeah, it's great. There's (laughs) men coming to kill us. We're gonna kill them first. He doesn't even question it. He's like, "Okay, let's." He's that old school man where he's like that makes sense yeah i'm not even gonna ask questions it's fine yeah yeah and they they say like what kind of gun do we still have a gun room and he's like well we sold the gun room but we have your father's shotgun i love this he's like we have your father's shotgun couldn't let anything happen to that and in the very next scene they're like sawing off the end of it to make it a more (laughs) brutal shotgun yeah it's so cool (laughs) it's so fun and then we get the full home alone uh, oh yeah alone setup but before that you know um we get a really gr- we get, we get some really great scenes between bond and m and this and again this is an m movie um m is very sad about some of the choices she's made or she's reflecting on some of the choices she's made yeah um and we get the first we get the first f-bomb in all of bond m at at one point bond is prepared for silva's men to come get them he's looking out the window he's got the shotgun and M looks up and she said, Well, I really fucked this one up, didn't I? I actually had to rewind that a couple of times because I was like, Oh man, wow, like we finally got an F word in the Bond film. It's great. It is great. So these guys show up and you know they kind of make
0: quick work of them with all their gadgets. And I love that the uh the cars got the machine guns
1: in there. That... I I love that. I think it's great. Hell yeah. And they, they make yeah. quick work of them, but it's also like really cool quick work of them it's yes. it's really fun to watch people shit on this movie for being like a home alone and it's that's true like they booby trap the house but it's it's like 2 minutes of the movie it's very quick
0: well and then that's only the first wave too and then soon comes Silva yeah. in a helicopter and he's blaring some fucking song i can't remember the name of the song which
1: i love it's called like shoot them down or something like that like it's yeah. so cool it's so campy and so fun um and again, the cinematography in some of these scenes is amazing.
0: Yeah. So he's shooting up the house. Um, M and um Kincaid escape through the underground tunnel in the house. And then he ends up uh somehow uses a propane tank to take down that helicopter, right? Oh,
1: that's a great scene. Also, to go to go back to that um tunnel really quick. I love that. That's another that's another dark night thing or Batman thing. Yeah, where it's like when uh when batman first found the cave the bat cave it was like oh alfred said like oh yeah this is what your grandparents or great-grandparents used to help slaves in the the underground railroad implying that like nobody in his family had ever been bad which they probably were (laughs) at some point and like it's kind of the same thing in this movie where it's like um MC's the hold and she's like oh, you, you kind of have to know like british history for this but it's like oh a preacher's hold he's like oh yeah i was here in the reformation times which is, it implies that they were like protecting priests who were yeah. protestant in reformation times and it's like okay we get it bond has 18 generations of do-gooders in his family wonderful you were never bad ever yeah um, but, but here's he- the
0: thing dude if you if you are a fan of this franchise you know that this guy
1: Tiptoes the line of... (laughs) That's true. (laughs) he's really a
0: hero or not,
1: dude. I I guess that's true. There's a difference between Batman and Bond that Batman is a legit hero and Bond is like, he's mostly on the right side. He doesn't, but he he crosses that line occasionally. His methods are questionable. Oh, for sure. I just thought it was funny because like they had to get, it was just like Batman where they had to get that in there where it was like, okay, they were doing stuff then too. Like his family was always like Activists. Um, you're, anyway you're, so you're
0: absolutely right they
1: had to yeah it's it just it's just a weird touch so anyway yeah like Kincaid and m escape and i i do love this silva shows up in a helicopter um with a big old machine gun just firing on the house throwing bombs in bond is shooting back it's a big old action scene amazing cinematography again um and finally with silva um bond gets like oxygen tanks that he's gonna like shoot up into the helicopter but the thing that really pisses him off is Silva points to the um to the Aston Martin, the DB5, and the helicopter just blows it up. And you see this look on Bond's face where he's just like fucking pissed. Yeah. He's like, oh, this yeah. is that's a that's a step too far. All right. I thought this was gonna be a classy fight, but we'll go here. And that's when he lights up the oxygen tanks and then just ducks out and the thing just explodes. Now, yeah. there is one kind of weird thing with this. The whole house just goes completely up, takes out the helicopter with it. But Silva and his men are standing like right in front of the helicopter or right in front of the house. They should have absolutely been immolated with that house. And yet they just kind of walk away. But the helicopter is destroyed. It's a small point. It doesn't really matter, but it's kind of funny. Yeah. Because that house goes straight up and explodes.
0: So, uh, you know... Silva sees M and them. He starts tracking him down. Bond is going after them. And then he's trapped on the middle of this ice. And Silva's just like,
1: there's a there's a total one one quick scene before that. There's a totally badass moment before this where Bond is pissed at this point. He's lost his house, he's lost his car, and he's got to go fight for M in a little ice cabin. And he, like, one of Silva's men is standing there. Bond finally comes up from the little hole from the little underground tunnel. He runs up, jumps straight over one of Silva's oh, men. The flying knee. And the flying knee and just snaps his neck with his leg. And right. it's such a little thing, but it's just a badass move. I love it.
0: Yeah, I agree with you there. The Silva's like, all this running around, it's exhausting. And uh, Bond ends up shooting the ice, and these two guys go flying into the ice which Bond for sure
1: would have died, but he ends up, (laughs) I guess, escaping. it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's a Bond movie. It's fine. He's got plot armor. Meanwhile,
0: um, M has been shot, and she's bleeding out. Silva uh, gets her into the church, and he grabs her, and he's like, do it. Do it for both of us. Same bullet. Just a a,
1: a completely psychotic scene. It's a psychotic scene. It's a haunting scene. They're yeah. they the setting. They're in a church. She's bleeding out. He he wants her to kill him and her. Like he wants death at this point, and and she is near death. And it, it, it yeah, it sticks with you.
0: And then uh, right before she's about to meet her maker from Silva, Bond throws a knife in the back of Silva's back and kills him. Mm-hmm. And then uh, M dies, which I think was pretty shocking to a lot of people
1: yeah and here's the thing it makes for a really dramatic end for m yeah but it should also be pointed out that bond failed in his mission and like he would probably be arrested for this like i know it's a bond film and he gets away with a lot but still like he kidnapped his boss the head of mi6 and she's dead drove her out to a cabin in the middle of the woods in scotland also i do think there was a missed opportunity here this would have been the opportunity going out to skyfall would have been the opportunity for for silva's men to get there and then for like a bunch of royal marines to like fly over the top of the hill and us to have a big old battle and bond to fight i know it's not that type of movie but still like bond basically failed his mission he he kidnapped his boss and she died right and the fact that he just kind of walks away from this is some weird writing because that's not how this would go it yeah. makes for a dramatic scene but it doesn't make a lot of sense
0: so as the movie ends we find out that naomi harris is money penny like we said um ralph finds is now m it's like the traditional office setting and he's it's like, the
1: classic you- office yeah are and you up it, to the again-
0: challenge here's a file <laughs>
1: And again, in the long tradition of Daniel Craig movies ending in scenes that make you think the next Bond film is just going to be a normal Bond film, we get the exact same thing at the end. It's like, oh, are you ready to get back to work, 007? Oh, with pleasure, M. with pleasure. It's like, cool. Can we just do a Bond film next? Right. Which we kind of do, sort of, but not really. It's very frustrating that's that's the thing that all that that is the that is my number one frustration with daniel craig era is those end scenes those end scenes have been just a just a tease Uh, the gun barrel the gun barrel again at the end it should be at the beginning there's no reason for it not to be at the beginning but it's at the end (laughs) very annoyed by this (laughs) these movies are great the endings are annoying we'll
0: start with the villains uh silva is a clear
1: number one for me
0: uh, for all the reasons we've named, he's just, he's fantastic. He's exactly what you want from a Bond film or from a Bond villain.
1: Uh, oh yeah. Number one, for sure. Um, uh, m- Maybe a top five villain for me overall. Maybe yeah. top three. He's so good. I mean, Javier Bardem plays an amazing Bond villain and uh, yeah, it's so well-written. He's got so many fun little moments that just make it great. Yeah, it's, it's clear. It's not even close. There's no Bond girl in this. Um, no. So I'm going to jump in really quick on the Bond girls, if I can. Okay. Because I think, I've thought a lot about this. There's no Bond girl in this movie. I think it is a collection of three. It is, um, obviously, like, a lot of people say M is the Bond girl in this. And I think that's mostly true. But I think there's a few. So I think we get Money Penny is yeah. one of the Bond girls because they they have a flirtatious thing. She's right. an agent at the beginning. She goes in the field with him. They flirt a lot. We get that. Right. Um, there is um, Severine, who he does sleep with, and he has like a lot of great dialogue with. Um, But she doesn't stick around for very long. She gets killed, obviously. So she would normally represent like the middle Bond girl. And then M is the end Bond girl. But again, he has a lot of great dialogue with her and she is integral to the plot. She's with him until the very end and then she dies. So I think Skyfall is actually a collection of three Bond girls. Yeah. There's no one, but there's three. So if I'm going to rank that, I'm going to say this is two.
0: Okay.
1: That's just how Fair I'm enough. ranking it. Yeah. You can do it however you want. I'm just going to say, I think all three kind of contribute to the plot. So yeah. for that, I'm going to say this is the second level of Bond Girl. Uh,
0: I think the theme song here is a clear number one for me. Um, it's a fantastic song. I mean, it's one of those songs that you hear on the radio all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's, uh, it's great. Uh, I can't say enough good things about that song.
1: Yeah, totally fair. It's two for me, just because I love uh, you know my name so much. But um, it's great. It's a classic Bond song. It's it's just it knocks it out of the park. I love Adele just in general, um, and I she killed it. I'd love to see her come back. I'd love to see her do another one. She's kind of the Shirley Bassey of our era. It is super classic. I think my putting it lower than you know my name is sort of controversial. Like most Bond fans would say, this is top tier. And yeah. it is amazing, but, yeah. but um, for me, I just, I just, I just love the Casino Royale one. So, um, number two, but very, very close.
0: It's yeah. amazing.
1: This whole film's amazing.
0: Um, film rankings. I do have this number one, but fucking goddamn, it's right there with Casino
1: Royale. I mean,
0: I can interchange these and and have no problem with that. Mm-hmm.
1: That's totally fair. Yeah, for me, it's number two. Um, love. Eh, it's not even close then that's just down to my love of casino but this is a great movie and I think I texted you and said this like it's a movie I seem to like more and more every time I watch it I didn't love it when it first came out I thought it was fine and then I have enjoyed it more over the years and the last few times I've seen it it's really moved up in my rankings
0: So this brings us to the final film in this run of James Bond films, and uh, though at least until No Time to Die, which is released later on this year, which we, I think we're pretty confident it's going to be October, right?
1: I'm pretty confident it's going to be October. Yeah, it's It's they're going to hold to that. I mean, I can't. There's an argument. This is not a COVID podcast, but like there's an argument to be made that it would have been doable in April if things keep on trending the way they're trending, but that's not going to happen. But um, I think October seems, unless something really strange happens, October seems pretty reasonable. That's when the alien
0: invasion is going to take place.
1: Something. The meteor is going (laughs) to hit. The theater chains are going to burn down. Yeah. They're going to (laughs) lose
0: the copy. They're
1: going to be like, we can't find the movie. We locked it up. We just don't
0: remember where we put it. And me and you are going to be the last two guys on Earth. And our sole purpose
1: is going to be to find a copy of this film. Yeah, We're just going to be hunting it down so we can finish the podcast series. Before
0: we run out of fucking resources, we have to see this film.
1: (laughs) No, uh, That's what it it feels like at this point.
0: Yeah. So we got Spectre. um, And I told Matt this off air. But to me, this movie, um, it feels like the Iron Man 3 of this franchise. And the reason why I say that is because... A lot of things happen in this film that there's a finality to it. Um, Not to jump ahead, but Bond is pretty much done at this point. Um, He's out of the game.
1: I I didn't know what that um, reference meant because I didn't see Iron Man 3. I stopped seeing Marvel movies in like 2011. Um, But that makes sense now that you explain it because – yeah, this movie feels like it could be the last James Bond movie. And obviously it's not. And, you know, the franchise makes too much money for it to be the last James Bond film. But when I saw this, I walked out of the theater being like, that feels like the last James Bond film.
0: Or at least a reboot's coming. And a lot of people thought that was what was going to happen with this because it was very, very, very up in the air if Daniel Craig was going to do another one. He had pretty much emphatically stated that he wasn't. And Spectre was going to be his last film and they convinced him to come back for one more, but, um,
1: yeah, convinced they backed up a truck full of money and dumped it at his feet. I think it was actually, I think it was two things. First of all, I always thought he was going to come back. He was grouchy in the press. He was mad at Sam Mendes, but I was like, he doesn't feel like he's done like Really done just yet. Um, the end of this movie had he left could have been, could, this could have been a fine ending for him, I guess. Um, this was not super well-received critically. Skyfall was, you know, big money success, big critic success. And I think once Daniel Craig calmed down and got over the fact that he was sick of making these, he was like, I don't want to go out on that note. So I think that's what brought him back. I get the impression, at least initially, when Craig signed on, that he was
0: a fan of this franchise. He was a fan of the character. He read every single one of the Ian Fleming books to prepare for this role. he had a lot of input from the get-go too
1: he did he has more input and more control which is kind of why i always thought he'd be back i didn't think he was really ready to walk away he's a producer now right he's a producer that's what i was going to say he's the first bond actor to be listed as a producer and by all accounts he does do a lot for these movies like we kind of mentioned it with quantum but he was writing scenes you know in between scenes for quantum which not great but you know whatever um he uh he was the one that got Sam Mendes to do this. He got Adele to do the theme song in Skyfall. Like he was really he's really into it. He likes being James Bond. He complains about it. He's kind of a um Connery. <laughs> Yeah, he's honorary. He's he's a he's like he's a persnickety fellow just in general. Um he's said many times he doesn't like press. He he doesn't like the fame, but he really likes acting and he really likes being Bond. And clearly based on the amount of work he puts into it um, that's pretty clear. And it's also, it's understandable why he'd be burnt out because these are a lot of work. Because Connery
0: got tired of the role too. And then years later, you know, he still references himself as James Bond, that, that letter he wrote to that company to tell him to fuck off. And he wasn't going to show their products. Yeah, he wrote in there, I'm James fucking Bond, you know, like, <laughs> uh, so you could tell there's a pride in, in playing this character. But what I meant by Iron Man three is at the end of that film, Tony um, blows up all of his suits of armor. He's going to go off and be happy and marry Pepper Potts and, and kind of sail off into the sunset. And then magically he's in Avengers 2. <laughs> there's a Whatever. bunch of other Marvel movies down the road. So it's kind of like you feel like there's a finality here, but there's, there's really not. So we'll, we'll just get to the beginning of this film. Um, the pre-title credit scene... Um,
1: go ahead and take us through it. Okay. It's a, so it opens in Mexico city. Um, right. It opens at a it's day. It's fantastic of the dead by the way. It's really cool. It opens at a day of the dead parade, which apparently there was not a day of the dead parade in Mexico up to this point, the producers just wanted to do one and they went to Mexico city and they were like, Hey, we want to film at your day of the dead parade. And they're like, what are you talking about? That's not a thing. Um, so they, they created this and now apparently there is a day of the dead parade in Mexico because they saw it and they thought, Oh, this is so cool. We'll just, do this now for real so that's kind of neat um so it opens in mexico city at the day of the dead parade it's a it's a really cool it's a long one shot kind of a one shot there's some hidden edits but it's it's sort of one long take of bond and an unnamed bond girl in costume very much referencing like um live and let die They're in, uh, they've got this um semi-
0: uh sorry to interrupt matt but i was just no, gonna no. say they, they've got a um like a heavy drum bongo-esque like score accompanying this piece and it's so synergetic with the scene like it just Mm -hmm. it makes everything flow so smoothly and I mean one thing for Sam Mendes that that we've said in in Skyfall and this film is everything looks gorgeous dude and the direction is top-notch um you know just Bond's skeleton costume with the the skull mask and the cane just it just it's so fucking cool dude it just
1: oozes Yeah. Th- it's so well done. And even, even the parts, like, I think this is, this is an overall weaker movie than Skyfall, but the yes. parts that are good are still great. And you, there's so much to enjoy. Like there are people who unironically say this is their least favorite James Bond film. This movie gets a lot of hate. And uh, I don't think that's the case at all. I no. think there's definitely some worse movies than this, Um, uh, but even like there's so much to enjoy. And like you said, Sam Mendes is just so good at what he does even when the writing gets a little iffy and things get kind of contrived and go off the rails, there's still a lot of fun things to to see and look at. And, yeah, this is a beautiful opening scene.
0: Well, you know, to make the comparison to Iron Man 3 again, the beginning of that film, you're watching it going, this is fucking amazing. This is going to be like their Michelangelo or their Picasso or whatever of Iron Man films. Right. And then there's a point which we call the Mandarin moment. And there's the same thing in this film. This to me, this film was fantastic until a certain point. The Mandarin moment hits, and they really shit the bed in the third act, and that's what brings the movie down tremendously. But the first two acts, yes, are great, in my opinion, except for the retcon
1: shit, which we'll we'll dive into. But the go ahead and carry us is, The retcon stuff is bad, but you, yeah, you yeah. are right. Just in general, this is a pretty great movie. The first two acts are really solid James Bond stuff. Also. I I kind of was alluding to this. We talked about Skyfall, but at this point when this movie came out, I enjoyed it so much because I was so sick of the serious, like I, I didn't love Quantum and I liked Skyfall at the time. I've come to like it more, but I was so ready for just kind of a silly fun James Bond movie. And this feels like that, at least the first two thirds of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, It just checks those boxes. It's so great. So anyway, so one shot in, in Mexico uh, that leads all the way up to Bond and the girl in the hotel room. And finally, we cut to Bond and he's out of his costume and he's in a suit and we get a, a cool line, which is now escaping me. But some, she says something like, you know, oh, where are you going? He's like, I won't be long. Don't worry. And he just sort yeah. of jumps out the window and onto the ledge. And you can tell, like, in this moment, he is, he is very much the cool James Bond the yes. that we you know and love. He's not too old like in Skyfall and he's not just learning like in Casino or Quantum. He's just cool James Bond. Yeah. Uh, so he's he's tracking someone named Skiara and uh, he, he tracks him into a building. Bond's kind of outside. He has a sniper rifle. He's listening into the building somehow, doesn't matter, um, and can hear them talk about like blowing up an, uh, a soccer stadium. And they, mm-hmm. uh, I think he notices that he has something on his hand because they do like a secret handshake or something. Uh, anyway, Bond blows up the building by shooting the briefcase full of explosives because of course, uh, and then we get a kind of fun foot chase. Which is just Bond sort of shadowing the sky, and they end up in a helicopter.
0: To backtrack real quick, like this is the parts I'm talking about that feel Roger Morris. Mm-hmm. So the building collapses, right, and Bond is like free falling down, and he just lands on a couch, and he just gets up yeah. and like adjusts <laughs> his couplings. <laughs> like
1: yes, that's something you proper... would see in a Roger Moore movie, you know. This is this is proper silly Bond. Oh, and and one thing we completely glossed over that we need to mention is. Um, For the first time, the gun barrel is where it belongs. It's right in the beginning. Yes. Uh, uh, um, Yeah, right in the beginning. It's there's nothing special about it. If there's one, if I take points away for anything, we get the gun barrel. And then instead of just cutting to the scene, we cut to a title card that says the dead are alive. And it's kind of unnecessary and overly serious. Kind of like it's kind of indicative of this movie. It's like it gets one thing right and then yeah. one thing wrong <laughs> so yeah yeah so anyway so bond eventually uh bond eventually tracks skiara or uh, uh, catches skiara in a in a helicopter just fully this helicopter just lands right in the middle of the parade picks up skiara bond gets in with him uh and just starts attacking people including the pilot which doesn't seem like a good idea um but we do get some pretty cool helicopter stunts here we get a couple of like loop de loops and they go upside down at one point which was all practically done which is really cool absolutely yeah and uh but uh bond eventually you know overpowers them uh throws them both out of the helicopter and not before taking a ring which we of course know is a specter ring um but he we we see the specter ring and then this takes us to the the credit scene and uh
0: we mildly disagree with with the choice of song here i don't mind it i i kind of I kind of appreciate a little bit of it because it feels like a classic Bond theme in some respects. It's a little more uh, sexy, I guess. It's but it does feel it, it feels a little off-putting, though. The lyrics, I think. I think more the background music feels sexy versus the yeah. the lyrics. And
1: then the it's Bond. The 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 music feels yeah. very Bond.
2: Right. It, right.
1: Yeah. It's a I do like it. I don't dislike it at all. Um, I think I think it's going last on my list, but um that's just because I like the other three more. I sure, just I just sure, like sure. I think those are all more solid songs. And yeah. it's not gonna go super far down on my overall list. Yeah. Um the music feels uh the music feels very Bondy. It's a little weird. This is probably not a politically correct thing to say, but it's a little weird to me that we have a man singing what is very clearly a like very effeminate song
0: yes I it was, was back very back. off-putting
1: yeah i'm gonna uh, get there were, for there's it, parts
0: but... where he really goes leans into the falsettos and uh yeah i was like is that a woman or is that yeah him? i can't really but then the the graphics of the um opening credits are I would say for better or for worse, unlike anything we've seen in a Bond film, there's like octopuses, like
1: all I of actually, the guns. I like it. I think it's it's kind of weird, but I enjoy it. Um it's it's very different. Um it's uh one one weird thing about it is we get Daniel Craig and he's fully shirtless and totally chiseled. And I, I have a I have a theory about that. Because I think up to this point in every Bond, in every Craig Bond film, we get him shirtless and he's in great shape. And in this film, he's never shirtless. And I don't think he was in as good a shape. There's a couple scenes where you can kind of tell he's got a little bit of a gut. He's got a little bit of a double chin going. He's looking a little, like, clearly he's still in good shape. He's just not in no, Casino Royale
0: shape. He actually said that for this film, it was incredibly hard for him to get into decent shape. And keep in mind, he's 47 years old when they're shooting this one. So, um, well, you know, they
1: also shot like they pretty much did Skyfall and Spectre back to back. They shot Skyfall, they went right in, then they did like post production, immediately went out to do all the publicity, and then they went right back into shooting Spectre. Um, and uh, that's got to be taxing, so it makes sense,
0: absolutely. Um, and it is, it's intersplicing the villains he's faced off with in the previous films, but I noticed they really try to omit Quantum of Solace as much as possible in this. They They want to pretend like that didn't
1: really happen. (laughs) Yes, already. They're like, that's the bad one. That's the one we don't want to talk about. But Um, the shitty
0: part is to to retcon the lore, they have to bring that movie up because Quantum is now morphing into
1: Spectre. It's, 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 oh God. Okay, yeah, I hate the retcon in this. It's easily the worst part of the movie. I, I, my hope in No Time to Die is they just completely ignore it and they don't mention it. Um, but one thing that bugs me is that they mentioned several times like Silva and Green and Le Chiffre. And I'm like, did Bond only have four missions total? Like, is this, has he only done three things? It makes no, it's it just, it's so stupid. Yeah. It, it's, it's only brought up for the benefit of the audience. And it's just yeah. so clunky.
0: So we cut to um, what feels... I'm going to say more traditional in the sense of they're in the old office and yeah. Ralph Fiennes is now M who is a little more like, um, what's the guy that played the original M oh, uh, Bernard Lee, Bernard Lee. He's a little more like him and money pennies in the office. And, you know, and then they're having this dialogue between them and the office with bond. And, um, once again, bond is grounded or suspended or whatever, which is a common again, theme in all these.
1: He's gone rogue, and he's he's pissed them off, and and it's like, yeah. oh man i i i love Daniel Craig to have one Bond film where he doesn't go rogue, but that's clearly not going to happen. But yeah, again, he, fuck no, <laughs>
0: especially yeah. the next
1: one. Nope. Again, he's in trouble. Um, I do love this scene. It's like it feels like a very classic. It's it's a very classic M scene. We get the nice yeah. office. I think Ralph Fiennes does a great M. I hope he's mm-hmm. around for a long time. He's really good in this scene. He's kind of old and crusty. Um, yeah. I love the setting. I love that we're back in that old school room. I don't think we've had a traditional M scene in any of the Daniel Craig movies up to this point. And even this isn't exactly a traditional scene. It's just, it's more in line with the traditional stuff. So I- like Yeah, that.
0: even with, with Judy Dench's run, there was definitely a different tone with her interactions with Bond. And um, this feels a little more like Connery era type
1: deal. Which which I like. Um, and Daniel Craig yeah. pulls it off. Daniel Craig is very light in this movie. He's very- um. For him, I mean, he's still kind of a serious guy, but for him, he's much more witty, and he's got a lot more. Yeah, yeah, which I enjoy. They
0: channel Roger more in this more than any of the other uh, Bond films uh, in the Craig run, for sure.
1: For sure, um, yeah, for sure.
0: Then he has a dialogue with this new guy C, who is kind of, he's kind of an oversight committee, and he's coming into like the Double O system is archaic and. You guys are all dinosaurs that need to be put out to the pasture. You can tell right away this guy is going to be a villain. Like, there's no fucking doubt about it.
1: (laughs) There's zero question he's absolutely a villain. When I first saw this in the theaters, I thought for sure, because we we knew Blofeld was going to be in the movie, but Christoph Waltz was not credited as Blofeld. He was credited as Oberhauser, which is stupid, but we'll get to it. Um, I thought it would have been a great twist if we actually found out Max Denby was Blofeld if sure. if Christoph Waltz was like a kind of a like a distraction and we were supposed to be looking over there and then we maybe we find out at the end it was Denby all along and he disappears and then they set up the next movie cuz Christoph Waltz's Blofeld was like so obvious and Max Denby was so obviously going to be a villain i thought oh that'd be a cool twist but they didn't do it so uh but yeah very clear right from the beginning he's going to be an antagonist
0: absolutely um so you know bond they had this dialogue bond leaves and um I believe this is where money penny goes to Bond's place, correct?
1: Yes. We see Bond's apartment for the for well, you know, only we've only seen it a couple times up to this point, but yeah. she goes to his place with um the possessions that were recovered from Skyfall from the house. Right. Um, and I don't like this setup. I guess it tracks for Daniel Craig's Bond. He's all business, but Bond is supposed to be a uh a man of taste and he and luxury and he likes his comfort and all this stuff and his apartment is like a disaster um when money penny walks in she says oh did you just move in and he's like no what are you talking about because it looks like a bachelor pad there's just like a couch and a coffee table and a bunch of scotch and a tv on the floor that's it that's his whole house and bond's place should be bond should be he's sophisticated and he he likes his things and it should be a little more put together
0: i think the idea is they're trying to show that he's never there
1: right yeah, that's the that's the thing, and it is in keeping with Daniel Craig's Bond, which is that he's all business. He doesn't care about his house. He goes there to sleep occasionally. Yeah, um, yeah. they uh, they did cut one little bit from this scene that I would have really liked to have left in, where um, um, Money Penny leaves, and instead of Bond just sitting back and looking at the pictures, uh, we hear a woman from his room say, "James, are you coming back to bed?" or something like that. And then it cuts. I think that would have been more fun. I wish they would have left that in, but this movie's yeah. long enough, so maybe it's a good thing that they didn't
0: um you know yeah so bond shows a message from m that you know she wants him to kill this guy and then don't miss the funeral he gets a dialogue going with money penny and she's kind of helping him now behind the scenes and then um
1: i believe does he visit
0: q before he goes to the funeral
1: yeah he okay he he because right after this scene or i think it's yeah i think it's right after this scene he uh he goes to visit Q, who is now in this like underground bunker layer thing. It's, it's pretty cool. And he plays around with the toys and, you know, he sees a gun. And the, the point of the scene is that he's been grounded. So all they're doing with him is they're injecting him with smart blood that can track him wherever he goes, which is literally the same thing they did in Casino Royale, except more sophisticated this time, I guess. Yeah, um, And then the the joke of the scene is he gets to see all this cool stuff, including an Aston Martin. But Q's always saying, like, well, you know, this was going to be for you, but now it's not. And he sees the Aston Martin. He's like, yeah, this was going to be yours. But now it's 009s because you're grounded. You can't go anywhere.
0: Yeah. Cute scene. So, like, he, Q's kind of on the inside and gives him 48 hours. And then 009 comes to get the Aston Martin. <laughs> walks up there and and the Aston martin's gone and we see the next scene bond is now driving it through rome
1: the aston martin is gone and in its place is a bucket of champagne
0: yeah which is fantastic (laughs) it's great so bond is at this funeral now and we kind of get the back view of christoph waltz but we don't really see anything and then um
1: yeah um again bond looks amazing in this scene he's in a super cool all yes. black suit and trench coat. The Aston Martin is amazing. This was a, um, this was a, uh, um, not a production car. This was a concept, Aston Martin, that wasn't actually on the streets. And they ended up making like a version of it. But this car was made specifically for Bond. And it looks really cool. I love it. So he approaches Monica
0: Belushi, who is the widow of the guy he's killed. And he basically walks up in propositions for some uh, <laughs> sexy time. She's like, can't you see I'm mourning? And he's
1: like, no. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> he said, She asked him what he does and he says life insurance.
0: Yeah. Um, so then the next scene is Monica Belushi and there's two like bodyguards following her. She grabs a drink. She's walking very um, somber and kind of worried.
1: She, she's, she's aware of the fact that her time is limited. Yeah. He was part of Spectre. She knows what he was up to. She was his confidant and she's very aware of the fact that they're going to kill her. Right. To shut her up, and she's at peace with it. And again, this is—I love this scene. This whole scene is—it's really beautiful to look at. I know we harp on the Sam Mendes cinematography a lot, but it is so gorgeous. It's kind of um—it's kind of dark and almost misty, like mm-hmm. it's almost dreamlike. Because she fi- she figures she's going to her death, and there's just little things like she walks through a room, and there'll be a man in a corner with a gun that she's like completely aware of, um, and not bothered by it because she's resigned to her fate.
0: So as they're about to pull out the guns to shoot her, you just hear
1: two little, psh, psh,
0: which is a uh, silencers. And yes, there's bond. And uh, he walks up and tells her what a, what a lovely view. And they go back inside now and uh, they're, they're kind of having an aggressive exchange and bond kind of presses her up against the wall. And I was like, Oh shit, we're going back to the Connery years now, dude. Yeah.
1: This is kind of uh this is Daniel Craig's most <laughs> aggressive. Uh, move, I is, think. In this the whole... is him
0: at his rapiest.
1: Oh, absolutely, because Which not is... only that, but he he like pours them champagne and has a glass of champagne in each hand and then she says something that makes him mad or whatever. And he just, he she slaps He throws him. the glasses. Oh, she slaps him. That's right. And then he throws the glasses on the ground and advances towards her and like pins her up against the wall. And I'm like, oh, dang. This is, yeah, we're doing Connery stuff. He On a scale of Roger Moore
0: to Connery as far as rapiness goes, he's definitely more, way more on the Roger side than Connery
1: oh yeah yeah it's still this is still 2015 you can't get away with two i think the thing where they the the reason they get away with it is because at some point he's kind of pinning her up against a wall and then she flips it and has him up against the wall and then it's like okay so she's she's into it too it's fine right yeah
0: so they end up of course having sex because no woman can resist the bond dick except for the quantum of solace bond girl she's the which only
1: is, one dude which is something she's the only one isn't even implied nothing yeah but, but whatever there's a reason i think there's a reason um they didn't want to talk about quantum of solace in this movie they were just like forget about it didn't happen <laughs> that was a mistake we really screwed up on that one
0: uh po- post uh coitus uh bond says call this number it's a friend named felix from the cia he'll get you out of here and she kind of gives him the Iggy on where to go to infiltrate Spectre. So now he's going into this eyes wide shut uh, place. Everybody's walking in and there's a huge table. It I, This scene to me, like, I almost like the silly um, over the top, like, Spectre meetings we saw in with Russia, uh, from Russia, Russia with, with Love. love. Yeah. And, and shit like that where like he presses the button and the, dude, the dude thunderball gets electric. Yeah,
1: yeah
0: all like
1: shit. Thunderball has the best one I think where he the guy gets electrocuted and throw like it's basically the Dr. Evil scene. Like the guy gets electrocuted and then his chair just descends into the floor.
0: Yeah. Like yeah. I I don't know. I I don't know why that's the silliness I appreciate a little more in these and mm-hmm. I wish there was something similar to that.
1: Um <sighs> yeah, it's it's funny. It's like it's it's Kind of the whole um issue with this movie is that it's it's very silly in parts, but then it's very serious in parts too. And they kind of it's it's a little tonally inconsistent. So yeah, it would have been fun if they walked like I like this scene a lot. I think it's a cool scene. It's yeah. it's the it's the modern movie way of doing a spectrum meeting. So, but it would have been fun if they did something like that. If there was a little electrocution or something would have been would have been cool. Maybe it didn't have to be so over the top, but a little nod to it.
0: It really shows how feared Blowfield is too um, which we don't know I guess is Blowfield at the time but as he enters the room everybody stands up and shuts the fuck up and like they don't want to say the next thing
1: yeah you know? again we don't know he's Blofeld at the time but it's the most obvious thing ever he's so clearly Blofeld. It's, it was such a it, it, the reveal in this was so silly there was no reason for it um, everybody knew what was going to happen and as soon as he walks in and sits down the head of the table and he's in the jacket and he's kind of got that look. It's like, okay, yeah, we see what's going on here. What's the, why are we messing around with this reveal?
0: Some other dude steps up to like challenge the position of the guy bond killed. He said, does anybody challenge him? And here comes Dave Batista now <laughs> he just walks in and thumbs the guy's eyes out and throws him on the floor and sits down.
1: Yeah. That's his um, he's the first real, like over the top henchman we get in the Daniel yeah. Craig era and his thing is that he has nails made of metal, um, which is a very strange weapon, but that's his thing. It's kind of, we never see it again. It should have been used in the train fight, I think. Like we should have seen him try to do that to Daniel Craig or something. I didn't that's even pick that a... up, dude. Yeah, no, it's barely noticeable. But if you, yeah, if you watch really closely, his fingernails are metal.
0: Okay, well, fuck, yeah. I had no
1: idea they didn't do it. it's because they didn't mention it ever again so it's you have to really pay attention
0: batista is kind of jaws like in this film where yeah. multiple times he should have died and he doesn't like it would shock me so. one bit to see this guy appear again and, and no time to die
1: <laughs> so dave batista posted like well over a year ago when they were still shooting he posted something that james bondy and i forget what it was maybe it was like a a spectre ring or something like that, and everybody was like, "Oh, is he gonna? Is he gonna pop up?" So he might. We don't know. They've kept it under wraps, but he Jesus might Christ. be in no time today.
0: Anyhow, so <laughs> Blowfield's like, "All this time, I've been waiting this long." Welcome, James. And then he looks up at Bond. Bond runs out of there. He he tells a guy. I forgot when he walks in. The guy goes, "Who the fuck are you?" Yeah. the guy goes, I'm Mickey Mouse, asshole. And then he's like, What's up, Mickey Mouse? And he punches the guy in the throat, jumps out of the window like a ninja and rolls. And they have this great car chase. Um, you know, that goes all throughout the streets. It goes down into a canal. He hits the flamethrower. We're starting to get some gadgets in this now, which I'm really loving.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're 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 there, but they none of them work because the car was like not finished. It was it was f- not for bond to take. And so he took a car that isn't done. So like he hits the switches and there's no bullets in the, in the, in the gun. And there's, um, he goes, he hits like an oil slick and there's no oil in, he turns on something called background. And it's just a song. It's, it's a Frank Sinatra song. So it's all very goofy. So he has no gadgets um, at all. They're they're there, but he can't use them. So it's kind of funny. It's very, this whole chase is very, again, very Roger Moore. So, i'm confusing how did he light batista's car on fire oh that was the last that was the last button that he hit so and that, that did, gadget work. did work yes okay okay Just so that sure. gadget worked so the joke of the the joke of the chase is all the gadgets don't work the guns unloaded whatever and uh then finally at the end he hits one and he's like oh thank god okay something yeah works. yeah
0: so uh oh well there's another gadget that works too
1: yes as there is which as he's going
0: to escape yeah he hits the ejector seat, which is a classic nod to uh, Goldf- um, Goldfinger. Yep. Flies out of there, and he his car flies into the water, and, and Batista probably doesn't think he's dead. But and then, like an absolute boss, and again, just straight out of Roger Moore film, he parachutes down, unhooks it, and adjusts the cufflinks. And then there's a dude standing there.
1: <laughs> he kind of does a double take. <laughs> I was waiting for him to look at the beer bottle, dude. Oh yeah, that would have been great. And it's it's and he just says good evening and walks away. I I love the straight out of Roger Moore. I love how it's all shot. He um first of all, of course, he wrecks the car. The car goes straight into the river. Um, but as he ejects, like the um, it's a little thing, but the 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 mechanism in the car is really cool. Like it the seat like jerks back and wraps around him really quick. So again, it's like it's not realistic, but it's a realistic how would this actually look if it worked? And they do a good job at that. It's really cool. I also like the fact that you don't actually see him parachute down. Um, like it would be so corny if you actually see him shoot up and the parachute open and all that stuff. You just kind of see him land. You just see his feet land and he takes the parachute off. You know what happened, but you don't see it. It's really well done. Absolutely. This is the good part of the movie. This is the really good part. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this leads him to um this house where he breaks into.
1: Right. This is the point we're at, right? Oh God, what does happen after this? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. This is where. This is um and it's he's Mr. White out, that's there. Yeah, he's figured out he 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 Money Penny's been spying for him and he he figures out where um Mr. White was. He figures out that the Spectre was talking about Mr. White um because they call him like the Pale King, which is his code name or something. And he figured out where he was. He's in Altusay, which I think is in Switzerland, but I could be wrong. So yeah, he tracks him to this this cabin um completely covered in snow. Uh, this is probably the point for me where the movie kind of shifts and it gets kind of serious and the dialogue gets a little stilted and we it's the cool stuff has kind of happened. And now it's a little, it's, it's starting to, to get off course a little bit. Correct. Um, But he finds out Mr. White, he has a, he has a pretty cool scene with Mr. White and Mr. White of course knows who he is. Um, And we find out that Mr. White's been poisoned. He got on the wrong side of Spectre and they poisoned him with thallium. Yeah. And he's only got like a couple weeks left to live. And uh, he also, Bond finds out that Mr. White has a daughter, and again, a kind of the dialogue is kind of clunky here. Um, but he finally gets it out of him. Mr. White has a daughter that he's protecting, and Bond then says, "Okay, well, I'll I'll protect your daughter from him for you, but you got to give me information." Um, which Mr. White never really does. He gives him a name, La which we later find out is just a hotel. Um, but Bond figures out who the daughter is, and then Mr. White kills himself.
0: Yeah, with Bond's gun.
1: With Bond's gun, yeah. In a kind of a kind of gruesome scene. Like he kills himself, it's very quiet, and you can hear the blood drip out of his head. Then he very says gruesome. that we
0: talked about this. He's like, You're just a kite dancing in a hurricane, Mr. Bond. <laughs> and we were like, you know, the writers were like, Oh, this fucking line is so good. I can't wait. It's
1: gonna oh, it's gonna kill. And then everybody yeah. was like, Oh, okay, sure, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is where it think, starts
0: to like think it's better than it is.
1: Th- that's a great way of putting it. It starts to think it's better than it is, and it's not, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, we, we haven't mentioned this yet, but um, there was a lot of production problems for this film. There's four listed writers, which is probably too many, and ton of script changes. Sam Mendes and Daniel Craig apparently were on really bad terms. Um, do you remember the Sony email hacks in
2: 2014?
1: Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, So this was this the the original script and a bunch of emails, like internal emails, leaked about this movie because they were partnered with Sony at the time. And um apparently it was just a mess behind the scenes. Sam Mendez thought the movie was going off the rails and that it was gonna like kill his career and couldn't figure out how to do what they wanted to do, and they had to rewrite the script a bunch of times. And there was a bunch of things they ended up not going with. And it was just it was kind of a it was kind of a mess. And like I think this is where it starts to show where clearly they had a bunch of ideas, but didn't quite know how to mesh them all together. And yeah, you could tell it was written by written by committee.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. The guy that's directing No Time to Die it really hasn't done anything of note.
1: No, um, season one of True Detective, and then he did some Netflix stuff. And that's kind of it. But honestly, though, that that, I, that makes me happy. That gives me hope, because I think Bond directors should be kind of not super famous, not super stylish directors. Like Sam Mendes almost had, like we've said about his films, the good stuff is great, but then the bad stuff is really noticeable because he yeah. he does he's trying to make artsy, high-end Bond films, and that doesn't always work. Contrast that with Martin Campbell, who did GoldenEye and Casino Royale, and he's just like, he was mostly a TV director. He directed mostly TV, Bond, and he did the Zorro movies. Like, that's his claim to fame. So I'm okay with a director that doesn't have a huge list of credits.
0: yeah. So then uh, Bond goes and finds Mr. White's daughter, uh, Madeline Swan, who, you know, Bond is pretty much, he couldn't be more creepy. She's oh, like, he's so creepy in this scene. What do you do for a living, Mr. Bond? He's like, I kill people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Jesus <laughs> Christ, so dude. He,
1: he even comes in and he's like, she's a therapist. So presumably he's there to be, you know, analyzed or whatever, and he, he she's there in this big mountain retreat totally an honor majesty secret service reference yeah. and uh, she shuts these big blinds to cover the view and he's just staring at her and she's like i hope you don't mind the view can be a little distracting And he's like i haven't noticed because he bores directly into her soul and it's like Ugh.
0: yeah um so he tells her that you know her dad's dead and he's supposed to protect her and she doesn't really want his help and calls security on him um and then I love this part where he's get this like um, detox smoothie and he's like, here's your drink, sir. He's like, I want you to throw that down the toilet and uh, eliminate the middleman.
1: <laughs> Save a step or whatever. Yeah, it's great.
0: <laughs> great so Q. then Q shows up there too. And he's like, you need to come in now. My career's on the line. Bond's like, do me a favor and analyze this ring, you know?
1: And so yeah. Q
0: is analyzing the specter ring.
1: Let's yeah, let's a- Let's talk about this for a minute because this, this might be, the biggest logical leap in the whole series because q analyzes this ring and i've seen this movie like a lot i've seen this movie probably 10 times and wow. i still can't figure out how q uses that ring to connect everyone together i can't because either q figures out that the ring connects blofeld Oberhauser at this point uh Mr. silver green dominant green and le Chiffre. And that quantum is specter and that specter is a thing. And even on Q's laptop, the the people, the, the pictures that we see of all these people are all linked together in what looks like an octopus with Blofeld at the top. And like, how would he know that? Yeah. So I can suspend my disbelief for a lot of things in Bond, but this is one of those things that I just have no idea what they were thinking. Again, they, they knew they wanted to go somewhere. They knew they needed to connect everything but they didn't know how to do it. So they just did it. And it's clunky.
0: Batista shows up and then she, he's got um, Madeline Swan with a bunch of cars and then here comes bond now in an airplane. And it's a pretty cool scene. He's chasing them and he ends up on the airplane going down the hill, chasing these cars. He ends up blowing through a house and then he rams Batista's car. Batista goes flying through the windshield and he should be dead. Like, for sure,
1: and yeah, then, for sure, be dead. But again, he's Jaws in this movie, so he doesn't yeah. die. It is a really cool scene. It's um, it's a good chase. It's it's different because it's an airplane to cars, but Bond's kind of in a rickety airplane. Yeah. Um, So it's 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 a silly chase, but it's pretty cool. Yeah. And also, Batista has this um, double-barreled handgun. So when it fires, it blows holes through things like a cannon. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah.
0: He ends up um, taking Madeline with him because he basically convinces her, like, I'm the only way you're going to stay alive. And then they meet Q in the hotel room, and Q tells Bond, you were onto something. Madeline tells everybody, this organization's name is Spectre, right? Yeah. And this is where we go to the other hotel, and now whatever Mr. White has left behind, Bond ends up finding behind a wall after he's had mini bears.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Blows through the wall. and clearly quite drunk, yes. He's clearly intoxicated and just figures out that there's a hiding spot behind a wall so instead of looking for a way into the wall he just punches through it
0: yeah and madeline tells him too don't you dare try to fuck me and he's just like yeah i've heard this before <laughs> we'll see you in the end here um so now they they know kind of where blowfield is at and um they get on a train now and they're heading that way they're all dressed up to the nines, they're gonna have a nice little dinner, and here comes Batista to fuck up the deal. And it's a pretty cool fight scene on the train, but it ends very uh, abruptly. Like I I feel like Sam Mendez is one of his faults with action films is he doesn't know how to end an action scene.
1: Like he doesn't know how to end a movie. Well, that too endings, endings are his are his are his he doesn't he knows he has cool ideas he has really cool ideas and he knows how to direct them well i really like this fight scene i think it's a great in a bubble it's a really great fight scene it's cool it's on a train which i love bonds in a suit he's in a tux wonderful the choreography is really good but then there's a lot of little things that don't make sense like there were people on the train and then as soon as the fight starts there's no people on the train right and yeah the ending is the ending is abrupt they just basically make their way to the back and he um he pulls a jaws on him not not the James Bond Jaws, like real Jaws. He wraps like he wraps a chain around him connected to these barrels and then yeah. just throws a barrel out of the train and it slowly they all slowly fall out and then eventually pull him out by his neck. Um and uh yeah, it's abrupt. And you are right, Sam Mendes has these really cool ideas, but then doesn't know how to he doesn't know how to bring it together. He just yeah. has like ideas. Yeah. So then they
0: look at each other and like, what do we do now? So this of course leads to them fucking on the train. Yeah. As expected.
1: Okay. Oh well, of course. There's there's Bond and Madeline by the end of this movie are supposed to be madly in love with each other. And it is it's very abrupt. And even this is very abrupt because her just one scene before is like is like absolutely not never. Now, obviously, this has happened a lot in Bond films before, but in this case, it's just a little strange because they are supposed to be truly in love.
0: There's one subtle line of dialogue where she asks Bond, like, what would you do if you weren't doing this? Mm-hmm. And he doesn't have an answer. And that plays in
1: at the end of the film. Yep. It's a good line. I, I like that they put that in there. This is where
0: the movie really starts to fall off a cliff.
1: Yes. As soon as They're they start off way, the spring.
0: Yeah. To Blowfield's base, which apparently is located in Palm Springs. Cause that's what it looks like.
1: It does look like Palm Springs. Yeah. yeah
0: but, um, They show up there and like Blowfield is like, oh, it's a meteorite. And I'm so glad we're all together. And I met you at this time and blah, blah, blah. You know, and then he starts revealing to James that everything bad that's ever happened in his life, Blowfield is behind.
1: Yeah, this is where we get the full retcon. Um, And, you know, we've said this before, but Bond films always reflect. They always reflect the time in which they're made. And in yeah. 2015, because of Avengers and the DC universe was taken off and then crashed, but whatever, um, tying everything being a universe was, was a thing. And so I, I guess maybe they felt like they had to do that here, um, but they don't. They We don't need that. Bond films can be standalone event- adventures. They don't have to be this big interconnected thing, um, but they decided they had to be, so they just retconned everything, and it's not well done. It's easily my least favorite thing in the movie. It's very annoying.
0: Yeah, man, like and then, you know, we find out that blowfield is Bond's stepbrother and these he was the foster parents that took James in, took a liking to James and blowfield didn't like that, so he killed his dad and it's just like it's, it's too much, man.
1: It, it's a lot. It's a lot. And the, the funny thing is, Bond doesn't seem particularly bothered by it. He's just like whatever this weird guy that I sort of knew as a child. Like the in the story, they would have only have spent two winters together total. Um, This is actually something in the book. Oberhauser, Franz Oberhauser's dad, um, Blofeld's dad was a character in the book. Oberhauser was James Bond's like ski instructor and mentor when he was a kid. So they just took that idea and ran with it. But they had only met a couple of times before that, and yet Blofeld spent his whole life with this um vendetta against bond a guy who he barely knew yeah it's just it's just it's it's a huge logical leap to say the least well not only
0: that but we talked about this too i love christoph waltz i think he's a fantastic mm-hmm. actor yeah i don't love him as blowfield at all dude no. like it just i don't fuck man i just i
1: i don't know i don't buy it's a it. shame It's a shame because this is in theory, this is a role he should knock out of the park. Like he's the ultimate villain and Blofeld's the ultimate Bond villain and he should absolutely kill it. And he just doesn't. I, again, I'm glad he's back in no time to die because hopefully he gets a little redemption. Maybe they'll write him a little better and give him some more stuff to do. And, you know, Christoph Waltz is an amazing actor and you know, he was saying these lines and he was like, oh, we're really doing this. We're going to really do the This is literally out of Austin Powers. This is the Austin Powers twist that Austin Powers and Dr. Evil are brothers. And I'm sure somebody in the room was like, this is the Austin Powers thing. Maybe we shouldn't be doing this.
0: Exactly, dude. Um, He's got him strapped to this chair and he's drilling holes in his skull. And he's like, oh, if I hit this spot right here on the brain, he won't remember anybody and he won't recognize you. So he's drilling holes into his skull and Bond ends up setting up this watch now, which Q had told him, It's got quite the loud alarm. If you catch my drift. So Madeline goes over to him and he's like the watch 60 seconds. And then he's like, I love it. Uh, Don't you just love how time flies? And she throws the watch blows up and they just
1: walk out of the building. Yeah. It is. This is also the scene where she tells him uh, she loves him after knowing him for like a week. Yes. Head over heels in love with him. And then, yeah, they, so they throw the watch. It blows up. Um, And then the chair that Bond is in, just like all the contraptions, he's, he's tied down with these electrical contraptions and they all just open up and let him out of the chair. And then they just run out and shoot a bunch of people and basically just walk out the front door. Um, And also apparently like Blofeld's torture device was supposed to hit nerves in him and cause him like memory loss and paralysis and all that stuff. And it just doesn't. Yeah. It It doesn't work. Yeah. There's a way to do this scene that would have worked better where you just you have him in the chair. Blofeld does his expository dialogue where he talks about his big plan. Um, And then right before the needle gets into him, you know, he throws the watch and it blows up and he Madeline Swan pulls him out of the chair or whatever. Like there's a way to do this scene better. And they just didn't.
0: Absolutely, dude. And there's no struggle when he leaves the place. He shoots a few people, but he's just like He's not running yeah. and hiding or ducking it in a gunfight. He just does it like nonchalantly and they just take off in a helicopter. So yep. now we're and back in London. um the 00 program has been shut down now by C and he's yeah. got this like um uh essentially the plot from uh, the dark knight where like he's got this mass surveillance thing and he can see everybody what there everybody's so much- doing
1: We've touched on it with Skyfall, but there's so much Christopher Nolan stuff in both of these movies. In in Skyfall and Spectre, so much is taken from the Batman movies. It's it's kind of annoying.
0: Yeah, it's also been revealed that C is a Spectre agent. As they're going to arrest him, now they've um, rammed Bond's car. They've got him in this building now. And Bond is like going through this little maze, which is kind of Man with a Golden Gun kind of uh, reference there.
1: They're in the old MI6 building that was blown up in yeah. um, Skyfall, and it is very. I was thinking that when I was watching it, it's very like funhousey. Uh, uh, Blofeld has okay, but I don't like this. Blofeld has taped um, pictures of like uh, Silva and Lashif and M and um, uh, uh, Vespers in there, but they're literally their headshots they're they're like they're they're hollywood headshots. You know who's and, and not in there? Mr. Green or any mention well, of Quantum of Solace. <laughs> well, of course. They got to forget forget that. That's not a real thing. Yeah. And it's so silly. Oh, also, one thing we skipped over is uh, the the name reveal, the Blofeld name reveal is when when Bond when Blofeld's torturing Bond. Oh, Bond yeah. bon calls him Franz and and Christoph Waltz gives this feature. He's like, "I'm not Franz Oberhauser. He died in that avalanche. I am" Stavro Blofeld, and then he looks directly at the camera, like "Remember, <laughs> remember me." Yeah, the only thing he's missing is me? the thumbs up. Yeah, he's like, "Ah, you guys remember almost, me, I'm Blofeld?" It's
0: almost like lazy and be like, "This never happened to the other guy."
1: Yeah, it's totally <laughs> fourth wall breaking because the name Blofeld means nothing to Bond. It means something it, to yeah. the audience. We right. know Blofeld. Bond is like, okay, what, like, what, what's the difference? Yeah, a nice it, name. Exactly. Who so now. Yours?
0: We see Blowfield's got a scar, the classic scar, which I do appreciate.
1: You know, I like it. I'm glad it's back.
0: And now he's telling him, like, you have to make a decision, just like in the fucking Dark Knight, dude. You can either save yourself or you can save her. You can't do both. Here's your timer. And he just does it with the slightest of ease. <laughs> he finds Madeline. He's like, "Do you trust me?" They jump down this thing, and there's a net there,
1: and they just walk out nonchalantly. At least in The Dark Knight, um, Batman failed. Uh, yeah. What's her name? Uh, was that? I forget. I haven't seen The Dark Knight in so long. Katie Hull,
0: or No, it was uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal at this point. Maggie
1: Gyllenhaal at this point. like she. The Joker died. had
0: told him this is where she was, and it wasn't him. It was Harvey Dent.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So anyway, we'll get there. Um, but uh, at least in Batman, there were some stakes, and there were consequences and all stuff. Here, it's just like, oh, he found her, and then they get out, and it's fine. Yeah. Also, uh, a Bond opportunity because when they he gets her, they jump down this like chute, land in a net, uh, and then get in a boat. One of my biggest complaints about the the um, I almost said the Nolan era, but the Mendez era bonds is um the lack of the Bond theme used in the movies. They don't use it enough. And yeah. uh huge missed opportunity for when the MI6 building blows up and Bond shoots out the bottom in this boat. The Bond theme should have kicked in right there. Big missed opportunity. 100%. It's a small thing, but it annoyed me. Um so then he's chasing
0: Blowfield he's in a helicopter and he's on a boat okay he's shooting him in the helicopter with a fucking handgun and he manages to
1: shoot the helicopter down
0: <laughs> it crashes this,
1: this really Blofeld. bothers people it doesn't bother me that much because bond has done stupid things like this before it is very very silly and it's uh, would never it would obviously never happen. I hated um, it. That's that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> again, again, there would, there would be an easier way to do this. Like the boat just could have had a big gun on it. You know? Or he has a sniper rifle, like in a case in there or something, dude. Yeah, sure. Something like that. Like, like it's an MI6 boat, right? So maybe it's an armored boat. So Bond gets in the front and there's like a machine gun and he just hammers it.
0: Right. So Blofeld is like crawling and Bond finds him and he's pointing a gun at him. And there's M on one side, and there's Madeline on the other side, which is basically like choose your side.
1: <laughs> and Bond's it's so it's so on the nose. It's yes, it's yeah, it's man. We're really, we're really peppering this uh this uh final third, but it deserves it. It's got a lot it does. of problems. It's tough, yeah.
0: Glowfield's like, finish it, and Bond's like, sorry, I'm out of bullets, throws his gun away, and he goes with Madeline. You just don't buy. That this is the one that's making Bond no give it all up. You know what I mean? It's
1: yeah, it's completely unearned. Like we said with um in Casino with Vesper, the chemistry with them was so good that you would you believed it. You were like, okay, he really he, he doesn't want to kill people anymore. He's he's fell in love with this woman. I get it. But here it doesn't feel that way. They've known each other for a week and they're he's given it all up and he's gonna go into retirement with her. I really cause she's in no time to die. We don't know what her role is. I really hope in no time to die. They're just like not together. Maybe they had a fling for a week and then they run into each other again. And they're like, do you remember that time? We like almost threw our whole lives away to be together. And then they just move on. That would, I hope that's what happened. I don't think or that's what Jason Bourne. Have you seen the Jason Bourne movies? I've seen the first couple a long time ago. Okay. So what the happened. second one, he similar situation.
0: He's kind of just by circumstance this chick. And then they're hiding in South America and like in the first 20 minutes, she's dead. She's killed.
1: Well, if I had to, yeah, if I had to put money on what's going to happen in No Time to Die, I'd say that would happen, where yeah. they're they're together and then she gets killed. Like, that kind of makes the most sense, because yeah. if she's just the Bond girl again, especially since, we, one thing we haven't really talked about is the timing of these. The timing of this movie is going to be so weird, because even if No Time to Die came out when it was supposed to in early 2020, that was still five years after Spectre, or yeah, after Spectre, so... Yeah. I don't know how they're going to play that. Like, are Bond and Madeline just together for a long time? Maybe she is dead. Maybe they're not together when the movie opens. But we do know she's in it somehow. Yeah. Um, it's also pretty weird that, like you said, this this movie has a note of finality to it. And yet we know Daniel Craig comes back now. So this sort of thing has never really happened. There's been a huge gap between movies, but we're still on the same Bond. Yeah. It's a weird situation.
0: The last scene, he goes back to Q and he's like, I just need one more thing. And he takes a car and they ride off into the sunset, and, that, and that's it. That's the last Bond film until the next one, which is No Time to Die. Um, as we get into the rankings here, uh, we'll start with villains. And I have blowfield in, in this run at um, three. Yeah. Uh, the only one that's worse is the, this horrible, maybe the worst in the franchise, Mr. Green. Yeah. And that's a fucking shame because Blowfield is supposed to be like his arch nemesis, dude. But I just thought Lashif was way better and Silva was the best in this run. And top five, top three villains in the entire franchise.
1: Totally. I agree with that. Um, Yeah. Those two are definitely in my top five for sure. He's also, Blowfield is also number three for me. Um, Underwhelming. It's underwhelming. It's such a shame because it's Christoph Waltz and he should be great because he's great in most things. Um, but they didn't build to it. It was unearned. What this, the, what they should have done is they should have just waited until the next actor came in to do a Spectre plotline. Daniel can do his run. He can finish off. And the next time they went 40 years without the rights to Spectre, they could have survived another few years. Yeah. Um, and like they should have just, they should have just left it and picked that up at another time. Um, so yeah, he's number three. It's, it's underwhelming, which is a shame. Yeah.
0: Bond girls, uh, I have Madeline at number two. Um, I don't hate her as a Bond girl. I, I thought she was quite useful. Um, the only thing I didn't buy was just the, 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 the romance between her and Bond and the fact that this is the one that's going to get Bond away from all this shit. But, um, you know, I, I thought, you know, she, she was a, a damn fine Bond girl. Um, I don't know if she's going to make a top 10 list or anything like that, but She's not bottom of the barrel
1: no not at all um she's gonna be my number three i think i had skyfall collectively all the girls at number two and uh, madeline's gonna be number three for me she's not bad and i do think there was a way they could have made this relationship work more um blofeld has a line where he says when he's torturing bond he's like oh um it's a shame that you two couldn't be together you're the daughter of an assassin too you two probably could have understood each other that kind of makes sense like but they don't play that up they don't spend enough time on it so yeah number three she's not bad and again she's in the next one so maybe she'll have more to do i don't know or maybe it'll be more fleshed out
0: this theme song for me is three we kind of touched on this earlier yeah um it's fine
1: it's yeah, it's poor for me just because I like yeah. not because I hate it, just because I like uh I like uh another way to die a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but it's it's uh it sounds Bondy. I think Sam Smith is a bit of a strange choice. Yeah. Uh Bond is a very the the songs by men should be a little masculine and the songs by women should be a little more feminine. In this case, the lines get blurred. It's 2021. I understand we can blur the lines, but it's a little weird in the Bond film.
0: Yes. And as far as films go, um I do have this number three in this run, but I didn't hate this film at all until you know where it falls off in that third act. But um I yeah. don't think this is like bottom five Bond movies.
1: No, no, I don't either. It's 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 middle, it's middle for me. Um, the thing is like the first two thirds out for me, the first two thirds outweigh the bad in the last third. I can, I can, I start mixing cocktails about 20 minutes into the movie. And by the time I get to the third act, I'm a little toasty and it's fine. Um, There's so much fun. There's so many good things in the first, you know, hour and a half or whatever that it, it bumps it up just enough. It's a fun movie.
0: Well, that concludes this run, dude. It's been a fucking journey, man. And it's really cool. I've seen all these films now, um, some of them multiple times huge fan of all this now um it was a pleasure man and uh we'll be diving we'll be be diving into some other subjects um take a little bit of a break from from bond at this point but what a fucking run dude
1: it was great i really enjoyed it thank you for doing this with me and uh um letting me momentarily turn the podcast into a james bond podcast it's been my plan since day one really um but uh, yeah it's been a long time since i've watched these sort of critically just because I've seen them so many times, they've become background music for me, like put it on, be on Instagram half the time, drink, fall asleep, whatever. Um, but it was really fun going through them, talking about them, getting different perspectives and paying attention to them for the first time in a while. I, I enjoyed it.
0: Hell oh, yeah, man. So we'll, we'll we'll revisit some of these um, after a break, um, but I think next month, well, we'll talk about next month, but. okay. All right, brother. See ya. Okay.
1: See ya, man.